Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporgy, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. What is the, what is the sports story on it? First of all... The only reason anyone gives a fuck about Ronda Rousey is because a couple fucking knuckle-dragging mouth breathers thought she was hot. That's it. The bitch okay. hasn't really won anything in, what, over a year now? She got her ass beat the last two, three times it mattered. The biggest sports story for Ronda Rousey is, a, is well, it's kind of the fact that she lost, but it's how she lost. Women's UFC fighting was defined with Roz, Ronda Rousey. She broke out. She was an inspiration for women. She did so much to further women's equality, especially in sports such as that. And then she lost to Holly Holmes and disappeared off the off the grid for a year. Nobody knew where she was, what she was doing. She comes back this year, loses again, and once again, she hasn't done any interview. She hasn't said shit. Nobody's seen her. And one of the talking heads on SportsCenter said it best. If you're trying to break open a sport, and you're trying to be a role model and define uh, your your place, then win or lose, you need to do those interviews. You know, all the people in boxing, professional boxing, you know, the big headlining acts, when they win or lose, they still give interviews. Uh, football teams, when they lose the bowl game, when they lose a playoff game, the losing coach and the, and, and the headlining all-stars get up to the podium and do their interview. Good, bad, or other, they show up and say something. Ronda Rousey? This fucking appeared. You're the headliner. Yeah, she's the kind of pull of Cam Newton. I mean, I guess I get it from that point of view as to why it's a story. Personally, to me, she ain't nothing more than fucking... Who was the bitch in uh, tennis? 
that everybody was goo goo gaga over who never won a goddamn thing. Kornikova. Thank you. Or Sharapova. Both of them, really. No, no. Maria Sharapova's actually won majors. She's actually won championships. She's actually backed up her good looks with something. Kornikova or Kova just. Here's my ass. Here's my titties. Here's my little short skirt. Let me hop around and you know. There we go. Can I get on FHM? Can I get on Stuff Magazine? Okay. What's What's Enrique Iglesias doing for the rest of his life? Because I'm going to marry him and and not spend any of my championship money because I don't have any. What the fuck? It's just it's like. Sergey's like wrestled this Peter. Maybe I've been what? maybe I've been, maybe I've been listening too much Joe Rogan and his own po- his podcast. Because if you, I mean, I'm not even in the UFC, but I mean, he's all about it. He used to do it, blah, 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 this and that. To me, I agree with him. There's way better female fighters. There's way better role models to hold up. If she wasn't white, pretty, and blonde, pretty to some people and blonde, no one would be talking about her. No one would. Right. And, and, I, and I totally agree with you. Her image is everything. And, but that's just it. She's supposed to be hot to all these guys and girls and whatever, which, you know, you would never see someone like that in an octagon, but she was there. And that was supposed to be this breakout thing. And, I mean, you can argue the people she fought wasn't nobody's, you know. And then all of a sudden she comes up against Holly Holmes and gets, you know, knocked the fuck out. Well, how'd she she lose this Holly Holmes match in this match? By standing Holly, up. She has she like, has no game until she gets to the ground. That's it. Oh yeah, her arm bar is her finishing move. It's like WWE finish him. You know. That's that's she true. She can't stand up and go toe to toe in a slug fest. She no, she's job. not Kim, she's not Kimbo Slice, you know. She's not Tank Abbott, you know. These people are knuckle fighters, you know. But you're right. And 48 seconds of taking some punches from Noons, and she was out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> There's enough fucking memes but, on the internet yeah, to show that. The, the internet has right. been merciless. Well, that's just it, though, is when she was winning and she was beating all these people, nobody's or not or whatever, she was coming out, she stayed in the octagon, she talked her talk, you know, and, and she was walking the walk at the same time. She was hurting people. But as soon as she loses, it's like you don't hear from her. Like this whole year, nobody knew where Ronda Rousey went. And then all of a sudden, she's back. She's batter. She's kicking ass. She's coming to take the title. Oh, 48 no, seconds, knocked out, and, and then she's gone. She doesn't say shit. Well, I mean, let's be honest, dude. She, if she was smart, and she was, if she was business savvy, let's put it that way, she'd have done what Buster Douglas did. Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson's ass. Buster Douglas knew that he beat Mike Tyson's ass because Tyson was not ready for that fight. That's the only reason Buster Douglas even fucking won that fight. And he cashed in as much as he could. They made a fucking Sega boxing game, put his name on it. He got paid for that. He did all his endorsements. And then the very next fight got his ass beat. But she's she's you know, she's done that to a certain extent. She's been on the cover of UFC games and she's she was in the Entourage movie. It's just she obviously started buying her own, uh, Fast and own press. Yeah, she started believing her own press. That's the that's the danger of anybody in sports because your ego has already been stroked to a ridiculous amount. But a lot of sports people, just like musicians, have these huge egos that are eggshell fragile. And when you're in a sport where it is all or nothing, 
you are either unconscious and lose, or you tap out, you give up. You can't go in with this huge ego like, I'm the, I'm the shit, no one can take me down. Because you're going to get your ego popped. And if there's nothing there besides ego to back it up, then you, you get sore losers. I mean, and that's just, not a problem, except for, like I said, Ronda Rousey was supposed to be this role model and the standard for all these blonde hot chicks. Look, you can do something. You can be somebody. And then once she got her ass whipped, just, and I mean this literally, disappeared off the grid for an entire fucking year. And now it's back to the same thing. She get lost again after this big buildup of her coming back, and now she's gone again. The problem is, the story here is, you can't do that. you got to come out and show a good sport even when you lose. It'd be like Tom Brady coming off his suspension, losing, and then just disappeared. Didn't do any f- interview, nothing. You can't do that. you got to go and take your hits at the podium after the octagon. That's the story, I think. No, I agree. And I mean, we've already started the show, so yeah. I think I think we pretty much just covered it. So welcome to episode thirty. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm Rich. We had the yeah. Ice Man. I don't we know. We had the Ice Man. Oh, Ice Man. <laughs> what? Oh, and introduce yourself. Ice Man. <laughs> there That's we me. go. Uh, number thirty. Um, is it Chris Osgood. Belfort. Fuck no, Ed Belfour. Yeah, that's I figured that was Chris Osgood, Ed Belfour, a bunch of goalies. Martin Brodeur. Uh, hold on. I, I know I'm forgetting one that we're all going to go. How the fuck did we forget that? Uh, Magli Ordonez. Oh. There you go. So, gave, right. gave, gave the Detroit Tigers maybe the, the best moment of the last 25 years of their existence. In 2006, with that home run to send them to the World Series. Yes. So, which, if you ask everyone in Detroit, if you, if, but there we go. Sorry, let's make sure I was unmuted. If you ask everyone in Detroit, uh, they'll tell you they were at that game. People weren't even Tigers fans. Oh yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, yeah I know, no, right? No, no, you weren't. <laughs> let's, let's go, Perrick. Let's go, Park. All of a sudden, in a capacity of a half a million. There's only a few people in the area that were at that game. But. Well, on, on top of that, it's kind of like, uh, this is real Detroit uh, music nerd shit, but it's kind of like the, what is it, the Magic Stick, where it's upstairs, and they have the pizza parlor and the bowling, area, bowling alley downstairs, or is it the Magic Bag? No, Magic Bag's in Ferndale. Yeah, no, it's Magic Stick. Magic Stick. When Jack White knocked out the lead singer of the Von Bondies, and... It seems like every musician who's a wannabe asshole in Detroit I've ever met says he was there that night. I'm like, you know that room holds like maybe 150 people tops, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I've met at least 500 musicians who swear on their children that they were there, and I'm like, no, you weren't. But oh, okay. you too. You were also you're an abandoned in the Detroit area. Everybody knows Kid Rock. Everybody knows Eminem, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I can't count how many recording studios I've been in where. Oh, uh, we recorded Eminem, and I'm like, really? No, you didn't, because I read the credits any, of the album. Got any pictures of you with them or anything? No? Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Unless this is Harmony Park, you didn't record shit. You know what, though? <laughs> Eminem's a dick, because him and D12 held a party in Pontiac at Clutch Cargos when me and a, f- a friend of mine were the bouncers there. 
Eminem didn't want nobody in his quote-unquote VIP area. Look, it's your party with your band. Why can't they come talk to you? It's not like this is a fan-based thing. This is an after-party, and you don't want nobody touching you and talking to you. you got to be shitting me. Well, the only thing I can defend about Kid Rock is that if you were if you went to Harpo's or a few of the bigger places in Detroit in the, I'm going to say, early to mid-90s, and you saw a tall, lanky kid handing out flyers, you might have got handed one by Kid Rock. Because that's where I knew Kid Rock from before I ever knew about Devil Without a Cause or the Polyfuse Method or any of that. It's just from him flyering all the time for shows. And I think he was still doing trying to do the hip-hop thing at that point. So, See, I had, uh, my, where I grew up, grit sandwiches for breakfast made the rounds about sixth grade. One person got it, and all of a sudden everybody had it. But, hmm. yeah, this is this is a sports show. So... Yeah, NASCAR, Ron Skavnicki. Oh, is that, is, that num- is, is that number 30 as well? Yep, NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR. Well, well, soon we'll, well, we'll, soon we'll have to talk about NASCAR simply because it'll be one of the only things going on. But right now, I mean, we are recording on, it's, let's see, it's about 9.30, January 2nd. I mean, it's, it's bowl season, full swing. Uh, when I came down uh, to start recording, uh, Penn State was still putting it to USC, uh, seven touchdowns in a row. Uh, I'm sure we'll know the, the result of that by the time we're done recording. But There's 12 seconds left, and it's tied 49-49. Wow. God and damn. USC is on Penn State's 30, running out the clock, and now they're about to kick a field goal to win it. Well, better luck next year, Penn State. They got job, didn't they? You, well, you say, you say that, but I'm thinking <laughs> better luck next year, Mariah Carey. Holy shit. <laughs> Think that? I, that was like that is the epic fail on live TV I've ever seen. More so I than I've uh, not seen what, it yet. More so than what's her face, uh, Ashley Simpson. Oh, way more. Way when they more. started that, when they started the wrong, when her band started, her band playing live music started playing one song, and then they started playing her vocals for another song, and so she just dropped the mic and started dancing a Irish jig. Yeah, her stupid little jig. Oh, way more so, because there was no lyrics whatsoever to Mariah Carey. She just kind of sat there and stared and tried to look sexy as hell. This moment brought to you by Grey Goose Vodka. If anyone's going to do it, she can accomplish that. Well, not just that. Let me break this to you. It's five seconds left, and they're looking at it, and they're thinking maybe he can make it, maybe he can't. I don't know. It's going to be like a 45-yard field goal. As long as we don't give a play-by-play, we can't get sued. So That's true. You think Tell Penn State would have did any better against uh, Clemson? This whole college bowl season thing, I, I can't even. I mean, I can't even right now. Yeah, the there are so many things. Dumb. Oh, by the way, it's over. 52-49 USC. He made it. There you go. Another kicker to draft to the Bucks next year, Rich. Uh, yeah, they said they're going to have give a... Uh, Jason Hansen version 2.0, some competition next year. So they're, they're probably going to take with their 19th pick in the draft this year, a first uh, in the first round, a kicker. No, they're going right. to trade up is what they're going to do. Now, when you talk about college football, okay, 
I remember when Bo Schembechler was Michigan's coach, and if you made it to the Rose Bowl, man, you did something. You're somebody. You know, Pasadena was like it. That you know? seemed to like die about the time we were all in high school. Well, the Rose they Bowl seemed a b- bigger deal when we were little kids. That's because they came out with the BCS, the Bull Championship Series. And it wasn't just based upon coaches poll, AP poll, to decide who was number one in the country. And a large part of that was because in 97, you had split national champions. And it wasn't the first time. So they went to the bowl championship series for the year, and that would be a way to have definitive champions. And that turned out to be just stupid because it was, I don't, I've yet to meet the college football fan casual to hardcore that can explain to me how that worked because it was, it involved the computer and this and that, and you know, strength of schedule, weather, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's just a bunch of nonsense. And it was pretty much always, you know, well, the two best teams didn't play for a championship. And so they come up with the, the four team playoff. And now is what we're seeing is, for, when you have 120 college football teams, it's kind of hard to pick the four top teams. It'd probably be a lot easier to pick the top eight teams. But why not just have? I mean, a playoff. I think we talked about it a couple shows ago. Just take the fucking best team out of each division, set up a bracket. Merry Christmas! Like, wouldn't that be all of the best teams playing each other? Well, I mean, as we saw with this playoff season, there there are teams that had no business being there. Washington thought they were the shit, and all of a sudden they, you know, they they go up against uh, who they play, Alabama, right? They yeah. scored one touchdown, maybe, yeah. And then Ohio State thought, well, we're good, we're good, we will represent, yeah, a big zero versus Clemson, and that's number three versus number two. I mean, it, but here nor there, it gets worse. I mean, you got the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl, kind of accepted because of the BCS. But then you, you go to these other things, and you're like, AFR Celebration Bowl, the Gildan New Mexico Bowl, Las Vegas Bowl, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, Auto Nation Care Bowl, I'm like R Plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I got so many lists of bowl games for all these colleges and I'm just cracking up. I mean, you're guaranteed, almost guaranteed a bowl game, no matter what you do. I'm surprised Michigan state at, with two wins didn't make it to a bowl game. But are you really surprised in this day and age of every stadium is named after something that it's, it's the same thing with the bowls? I'm not anymore. And those yes. schools get paid camping, no matter what. Camping world independence bowl. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, man. Money talks, bullshit walks. Hey, we got Qualcomm Stadium where we used to or fucking whatever. Or, you know, everything's a, tell, a tell me sponsor about now. This. Tell me about this. The military bowl, okay, was Wake Forest and Temple. There wasn't a military team in the military bowl. Well, you know, maybe Army and Navy got to step it up. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I get what you're saying, but the, the, the whole bowl system, the whole playoff system is here. fucked. The whole bowl system is just there simply to give teams one last game, <laughs> one last payday on a neutral site. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, 
you can tilt at the windmill of bowls and say, this is bullshit, but it's been that bullshit for fucking 30 years as far as I remember. I mean, it ain't going nowhere, man. Money talks, bullshit walks. We're just, we're pushing around air. That's all we're doing. Ain't none of us cashing. Ain't none of us writing checks big enough to change anything. No, as long as these schools are greedy and as long as these athletic departments think, oh, well, we can get a couple million to go out here and play. Okay, so you're going to end up playing in the Little Caesars fucking hot and ready bowl. And the military bowl, it ain't got nothing to do with the military for who's sponsoring the bowl. That's it, man. Just like the, the <laughs> what is it, what is, what is, what is the, what is the, the trophy that they race for? The Sprint Cup? Really? Because when I was a kid, it was the Winston, Winston Cup. Yeah, but that's promoting cigarettes. You can't have that anymore. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They obviously don't care about tradition. They care about money. So you can have the Bud Bowl. No, come on now. New era pinstripe bowl. Get out. <laughs> Pittsburgh and Northwestern played that. You got to get out of here with that. I'm surprised Nike, there's not a, a Michael Jordan Jumpman bowl. Right. There's a Hyundai Sun Bowl. <laughs> a Franklin American Motors Music City Bowl. A Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Week Citrus Bowl, a Tax Slayer Bowl. <laughs> that is so terrible. That's Sorry, man. It's the world we live in, man. I'm with you. I, it, it's what we have now, but I don't remember that growing up. I don't. I remember Pasadena was it. I don't remember all of these stupid ass bowl games where you play for a season and no matter what your record is, you win and and you get to a bowl game. That is just horrid. You, had, so many bowl, you had, had the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Uh, oh, shit. I'm forgetting. Yeah, I mean, those were Sugar Bowls, Fiesta Sugar Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Right, but those games were for, like, you know, division championships, like conference championships. They meant something to the conference. These games are just games that so-and-so yeah. get qualified for somehow the rose bowl used to be the winner of the big 10 goes against the winner of uh shit i just forgot the conference that usc is in but but, but that conference and pac 12 is it pac 12 okay yeah yes All right. the former pac 10 i mean this that's that's how it was set up but now it's I don't know, it's all fucked up man i don't know it's just this guys this is why i said <coughs> excuse me why I said after, you know, Michigan tanked against Ohio State, I was like, as far as I'm concerned, unless you're playing for the national championship, it's the end of the season. The bowl is just for bragging rights. I mean, if Michigan would have beat, you know, the Seminoles, it would have been nice for bragging rights, but really, does it help them? It bumps them up in the final standings maybe a little bit, but they're not. They're still not in the national title talks. I mean, it's 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 window dressing, man. But that's, for whatever reason, that's how college football is. Well, well, you, you brought up Michigan. What do you think of that Jabril Pepper situation? You think that was some? I'm, I smell bullshit. I, I did too. I called that shit in the in our private talk. It just he's dressed on the sideline, ready to go in, and then all of a sudden, in the last second, as they start to come on air, he's not going to play. The only thing I can that, say is... He pulled that same shit those dudes, those other guys we were talking about, pulled. 
Uh, if he, gentlemen, if, if he pulled that with Harbaugh as his coach, I highly doubt Harbaugh would not. He'd outed him. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Rich, but what if I come to you as the head coach and go, yeah, I, I hurt my hamstring. My hamstrings hurt. Yeah, that's and, nice. And, no, I, go to talk to, no, and I go to the, to the trainer. trainer. Right, and I go to talk to the trainer, and I, I act it all up, and I, I show him how it hurts, and everything about it says that I hurt my hamstring. So now I got me and the trainer going, he's hurt. He can't. He, he shouldn't. They, maybe a day or two rest he could, but he can't. Dude, we're not talking about some podunk college football program. We're talking about U of M. They have a way to fucking find out whether he's bullshitting or not. I think that's they, internal. They have, personally, they have that I, personally, I think that's internal. Peppers was no way, no how, even thinking about playing that bowl game. Okay, well, here's a good... Okay, and and if that's the case, he's a bitch. He's a bitch-made motherfucker. What do you want? Send that motherfucker a titty bag and let him suck on that at that NFL draft. What do you want from me? I'll tell you what, Jake Butt's wishing he didn't play his ass in that fucking game. I don't think that's true. I... Regardless his, of what happens when his to draft him. stock when his draft stock drops and he sees them millions flying away, we'll talk about it then. Because I guarantee you, in the back of his mind, the minute he got hurt was, oh shit, I'm hurt. Oh, oh, and the second thing was, oh shit, how much, how many millions did I just kiss away? I get you. I, I'm old school, Rich. I'm going to stay old school. I'm right, right there with you. I'm right there with you, dude. I'm not defending Peppers if that's what he did. If he did that, he's a punk bitch. That shows oh. immaturity on my level. And if I'm running a football program, I'm not wasting a high draft pick on a player like that. Because a player like that is going to put his own concern in his bank account ahead of winning games. In my opinion, they have wasted draft picks on people like that. I.e. Robert Griffin the uh, third. You know, people like that. Well, Rich, I mean, it, it even goes down to something base. I mean, like you've hired people before, right? I've hired people. You're taught not to hire people that have a high opinion of themselves because they will not work well with others, and that's kind of like the that's kind of like the, the rabbit you're chasing down here, Rich. It's and we can probably look to this year too. Will be the tipping point. I bet you after this year, you're going to see a lot more guys skipping their bowl games if it's not for the national championship. Right, but that will depend on the draft too, though, Chris. Because if these motherfuckers that want to just abandon their team at the bowl game. Get don't get selected in the first or second round. Maybe the kids wise up and be like, "Oh shit!" Well, you know what? You know how to solve those. Yeah, but problems? GMs care about cash. If they put butts in the seats in college, GMs are more than likely gonna uh, wager to, on the fact that they're gonna put butts in the seats in the pros. You know how you solve all this? You take all requirements for any athlete coming out of high school to go to college. You remove them. If you think you can go to the the pros. Take your ass to the pros, because I want to see how many of these 18-year-old football-playing motherfuckers think that they're going to make the jump from little podunk Friday night lights to Monday night football without getting their ass handed to them. Because they're going to have 350-pound, six-foot-eight men going, oh, really? Okay. You ever seen the movie Deliverance? Squeal, bitch, because that's all you are. Yeah, getting hit by a pro player and a, co- or a high school player. Two different animals. That's why that's that was the whole reason the NFL. Well, the NFL saw that college football was huge on its own because you got to remember, prior to even the first, I'd argue, even the first ten years of the Super Bowl era, college football was bigger than pro football. But the NFL said we got a perfect opportunity to use this as the minor leagues, and we don't have to pay these 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 kids. 
and the week will weed themselves out. And we have a pool of thousands of kids to draft from. And we don't have to spend any time or money to train them up. These schools will do it for us. And so they said, fuck it, let's do it. I mean, it, it, we don't... How many people bitched when the, when the NBA went back to, after LeBron, you have to spend one year in college? And now you have, you have athletes, basketball players, coming out of high school, do their one year at whatever college they're going to. They don't even care about their GPA. I guarantee you 90% of them don't show up at their fucking classes who are one and dones. And they just fucking play their way to a, to a, a, a decent pick in the draft. And move on. But people were shitting their pants. Why are you stopping these kids from getting their money? Because these kids are coming out and they haven't developed the fundamentals. They come off the playground, they go to high school, they're, the, they're by miles, far and away the best player in high school. And then you put them in the pros where it's the best of the best, and they, they don't even know how to D up. That was the argument. Well, here's my argument. Who gives a fuck? That's their problem. That's not mine. That's not mine as a fan. So take these little snot-nosed bitches who think they're fucking ready to go to the pros out of high school playing football and put them out there with the men. I want to see it. It's just like <laughs> women should be able to play pro sports. Please put a bitch out there and play NFL football. I want to see that shit. That's going to be funny because <laughs> the there ain't any the, that can hold their own. The other side of the coin that could fix this is pay them. That could fix it, too. That would solve a lot of problems, but the hey, NCAA will never do that. The college, college athletes. athletes. They do pay them. How, how? They pay for their fucking college. Do you know how and, expensive and, that is? And, and, time, time out, time out. See, we got to nip this bullshit in the bud. They are on a semester-to-semester -semester scholarship. None of them uh -huh. get a, first of all, none of them get a full-ride scholarship for four years. If you do not live up to the to the expectations, you can be cut, Okay. So it's not even, it's like signing a three-month to three-month contract to keep working where you're working. I understand you, that, Rich, you have, they got a full, there is such thing as a full ride, brother. I've witnessed it firsthand with our uh, basketball team at Oakland U. And you lose it, you get hurt. You get hurt, it's done. Hey, that's it's the, hey, exactly, but that's the price you pay. You know, that's the chance you're taking. That's the road you want to go. Yeah, if you get hurt, you're done, Chris, but you ain't limited and 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 sat with all of this student debt that you're supposed to have with college. So let's say in your junior year of college, you you, you tear a hamstring or something, and yeah, you got to sit out. They're not going to kick you off the team. They're going to try to bring you back. But even if you don't go back and play, you still aren't you know set back with all of the co college debt and the student loans and shit that you have to pay back. No, that was all paid for. And furthermore, but they you get a college you career interrupted if you get hurt. So that's fine. I got, two, I got two years of college and I don't get to finish because I got hurt. That's to give them some money. They can at least finish their education. No, things no, like no. that. If you're on the team, bro, they keep you and they keep your scholarship until it says there's no chance he's coming back. And no, as they it, can, I'm not, you're talking about if someone gets hurt. I'm talking about if you, if a coach recruits you, gives you a scholarship spot. Mm-hmm. You you go through one semester and you're and that coach goes, eh, I don't like the way you're playing on the team. I'm revoking your scholarship. You're right. See ya. You're absolutely right. That's not getting paid. That's not but getting paid. People, but for people that put in the work, go to the workouts, train, go to the practices, learn, put their heart and soul and actually try, they get the full ride. Because not only do they get their college paid for, bro, they get housing allowance, food allowance. 
it's more than just college paid for. It's college experience paid for. Do you understand that when we talk about food allowances, there are major college sport programs where they have guys who make you look like a goddamn midget who they give them $12 a day to fucking survive on for food? $12, so you, huh? No, even if even if you eat twelve fucking packets of ramen noodles, that ain't gonna fill up a motherfucker who's three hundred pounds, six foot two, or I mean six foot eight. That ain't gonna do it. I, I fully agree with you, Rich. Okay, fully. what I'm saying what I'm saying is if you want this bullshit to stop, then you 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 give a you either give true full ride scholarships, if you're gonna say, Well, they get an education, well then once you give that scholarship it can't be revoked. Which means even if they don't play for you, they can still go to that college and their tuition is covered. Not necessarily their books, not necessarily everything else, because there's always those little caveats that they throw in there, because they're going to get you one way or the other. Colleges are going to get paid, especially private colleges. That's all there is to it. They're not going to give you anything for free. They're either going to make money off of your fucking jersey, or they're going to make money off of you paying for the shit that's not covered by your fucking scholarship. Now, either pay the players or give them full-ride scholarships, true full-ride scholarships. And it, until this, until that happens, the NCAA has no high gra- higher ground on this issue than the players who are going, you know what? No, <clears throat> we're going to sue because you're putting out video games with our likeness in it. Yeah, these guys. And we're not making best. anything off that. We can't yeah, even the sell our fucking. NCAA makes money off of these guys' backs, and they don't see can't... a dime of it. The whole thing with Johnny Manziel is he got in trouble because he sold a couple autographs. Really, really, you can't fucking sit and do a and, and sign eight by tens at a at, a, at at like a card show because you haven't been drafted yet. That's ridiculous. You own your own. You own your own body. You own your your own identity. Okay, and for for another. For a group to come in, the NCAA, and say you can't profit off of your own fucking being is ridiculous when they're profiting off of it. So either <clears throat> either share the profits or stop the profits. That's how come we don't have any more college football video games. Because the NCAA knew if they gave one penny to the players, Eventually, they'd have to start giving one dollar to a player, and then it'd be a hundred dollars, and then it'd be a thousand dollars, and it'd snowball, and that's less money out of their pocket. They took less of a hit to end NCAA football through EA Sports than they did to actually pay players for their likeness. That's ridiculous, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, you could argue too that one home game pays for all the scholarships. So you have six left. Five left, depending on your schedule. I mean, it's, whether it's basketball, football, I mean, the universities make so much money off of these guys' backs. And their schedules are so, I mean, yeah, they give them a little bit of, of, of wham, some walking around money, because they can't have a job. That's the other thing, too. I mean, you, you're, you, you play for some of these teams, and you're kind of like an indentured servant, so to speak. I completely agree with you guys there. Oh, I do. Like I said, my my college uh, suite mate, he stayed uh, the room next to me in the same suite, uh, was a basketball player, and I was I was dumbfounded how he was treated and the way things he had to do. Uh, just, I, he, you're right. He can't have a job. He has to go to every meeting, 
every talk, every walkthrough, every practice, every game, and then try to maintain his classes. And if he wants to get an education, you know, and worry about his GPA and shit, it, it just, I was like, I, who, no, no, no. Well, if you, if you, okay, if you think about it, at least when, at least when I went, okay, a full semester load was about between 14 and 16 credit hours. All right. <clears throat> so you figure how many times you got to be in class or how much time you have to be in class, how much lab time you have to do depending on the class. Then plus you have to add on to that how many hours of practice, which is damn near every day, travel for games. I mean, they expect these they expect these kids to do all that and go, "Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate it." And yeah, that's cool. But when you got kids that are going, uh, hey, man, can I borrow $5 so we can fucking order a pizza? Who are, you know, stars on campus. And meanwhile, their jersey selling for $200 at the fucking, at the school bookstore with their number yeah. and name on it? Yeah, and their meals may be covered, but what if they get hungry past, I don't know, 7 p.m.? When the, yeah, you know? when the cafeteria closes. You're not, you're not allowed to eat past 7 p.m. if you're on a scholarship, for an athletic scholarship. You know, that's just, they need, I'm not saying give these guys like NFL salaries, but I'm just no. saying you make so much money off of these kids' backs. Toss them something. No, no, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not saying they Because half of these guys are trashing their bodies and they'll never play past college. And on top of it, if you, if you did that, it would, it would not remove boosters paying pl- college athletes, but it would definitely slow it down. I mean, because... What's what's the attraction then? What's the attraction to take money that you could ruin your career over? You could have to vacate wins, vacate championships over down the line if you're getting X amount of money from the school and you don't need to take that money. If they take that money, then it's just out of pure greed. I, that's, that's where I have a hard time. Like we, we look at these college kids, and, I mean, as much as I hate Ohio State, you know, them guys selling tickets that they're not going to use – and that coming back, and, and, and it's an NCAA violation, and, you know, Ohio State ha, you know, has to have sanctions put on him for it. That's ridiculous, man. What the fuck? What if, the, you know, what if, what if the, he's an only child, and he comes from a, a home where he doesn't, you know, he only has his mother? So what's he going to do with fucking five sets of tickets? If he gives them to all his fucking family, okay, and, and close friends, and he's got four extra, and he fucking sells them, who gives a shit? But... NCAA can't have that. Can't have that. Yeah, but I mean that's the way of the world, though, Rich. It really is. Everybody is greedy, and everybody thinks they're right. Their way's the right way. You know what I'm saying? So if you try to do something like those kids did and make just a little bit of you know scratch to feed yourself, to you know get a good pair of kicks, man, a big you know pair of shoes or whatever, you know just to to make ends meet or whatever, order that pizza that Chris wants. Oh, no, that goes against what I said, and I'm right. So here's the sanctions. And like you said about the bowl games, you're not going to stop that. I don't care if you pay the kids or not. You're not going to stop it because people aren't going to admit when they're wrong. Not in today's world. They will go to great lengths to make sure that they stay right. It pisses me me, Girls in college. NCAA going to pay for those dates. You know, the scholarship paying for those dates. You know, take somebody out. Maybe you just want to go out with your friends because in college, guess what? That happens a lot. You know, it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to, I mean, 
NCAA. I mean, who do you think mints their own money more, the NCAA or the NFL? Well, just so you guys know, they get more than the twelve dollars that you know, rich, but they they get more money from the school. So I mean, they're not completely hurt. I didn't they're, say that was all schools. I made a point of saying one of the, I. I'm trying to remember. I just watched this documentary like two months ago. It literally, what school was it? Might have been Texas A and M. I can't right. remember. Right, but That's, what I'm saying that was, is, that was that was their that was their per diem for food per day. Right, but I mean, college kids, even the college athletes, that's not all the money they get. They also get uh, different scholarships from different places, just like a normal college student does. Uh, Pell grants, federal grants, things they don't have to pay back. So I mean, there's extra money after you pay for a semester in college with your, you know, full ride and all, or your scholarship even for the semester or whatever. Here's after all that kicks in and i didn't know this until i went to college and then at the end of the semester i get a refund check and it was for like 3400 fucking dollars and me and sarah at the time it was very first semester of college was like what is this for and i went to the financial aid office they said that's all that extra financial aid that you didn't use paying for your you know semester in college and i was like holy shit because we were just freaking out christmas was coming we didn't have money for rent we didn't have money for gifts for people. And now I'm holding $3,400 at the end of the semester going, huh, it's party at Earl's house. You know, and this is what I don't understand. Most of the people who I've met personally, so anecdotal evidence right there up front, not even going to argue the point that it's not, who say don't pay these college students are the most unabashed capitalist I've ever met. But all of a sudden, when it comes to college students getting paid, indentured servitude sounds like a better idea than just pure fucking capitalism. They're against these kids getting paid. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I so don't get it. Because they're putting their body on the line just like an NFL player. Maybe even more so because they're trying to get to that level. So if they fracture their leg, if they get a concussion, if they break a... A, cl a clavicle or something that's their body that they have to live with the rest of their life now here's something now here's something that i don't know if they can do but the, if they can't they should be able to do it and this is once again i'm i don't know if they can do it or not if you are projected to be a high draft pick and you are in college i feel you should be able to ensure your body if you t have a traumatic injury that keeps you out or drops you in the draft you should be able to insure against that without being sanctioned or it being against NCAA regulations, because that only makes sense. I mean, you can if you if you talk to to people who go to music schools that are the elite of the elite, they insure things like their fucking hands because if they can't play, that's their career. They're done. They're over with. Their entire life has been dedicated to music. Now it's a different type of dedication, but it's definitely more physical and taxing on your entire body to dedicate your entire life to a sport. I, I mean, I highly doubt there's people in the pros who are just maybe one out of a million who've ever walked in to a, to a pro football, baseball, hockey, basketball, doesn't matter, who just got there with, with the bare minimum of effort and the bare minimum of, of you know, training and working out. It, it doesn't happen. And there's so many things that could go wrong. I mean, you can hurt yourself in the weight room. You know, you can hurt yourself... You can you can hurt yourself doing tackle drills. I mean, it, it, 
you never know. And to me, it's just there's too many variable variables there. And just to say, well, we're going to have literally, you know, five digits worth of college football players fighting over 2,500 spots in the pros, and the week will just weed themselves out, oh, well. It, that You know the other, I was thinking about it as we were talking about it, Rich. Do you know the other reason they won't play, pay the college kids? What what incentive then is it for them to go to the NFL? I mean, you would really have to love being hit every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whatever it is to go to that and, and be that. Because right now these kids are playing to get to the NFL, to get that major guaranteed money. Are if we talking about s- paying a kid twenty grand a year if he plays every game of college football versus how much you're going to make as a pro? That's plenty of incentive. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm not talking about fucking... A hundred thousand. I'm talking about just give the kids. Look, if if if, if look, do it like the NFL does it with jersey sales. Players who their jersey gets sold get a percentage of that jersey because it's got their name on. If you want to do it that way, do it that way, or make it a flat rate for everybody on the team. But then you're going to have the star players bitching that how come, you know, the you know the the, the guy third on the on the on the depth chart for fucking long snappers getting the same amount of money as me and I go across the middle and I take hits and all this shit. But there's there's ways to work around it. It's just why is football no players ins- getting paid more than basketball players? Yeah, there's way, way a lot of issues. And then you're gonna then and <laughs> not even to open this can of worms, but you got Title Nine. And Title Nine states that anything that happens with male sports in college has to happen with female sports. And that's just a whole other can of worms. There's, but there's ways around this. The difference is the NCAA has no incentive to sit down at the bargaining table because they hold all the cards right now. They've got everything they fucking want. They got it how they want. And all they have to do is put up with maybe a couple fucking documentaries and a couple news stories every year that come out and point out how much bullshit it is. And most people don't give a fuck because they just want to root for their fucking team on Saturday afternoon. Right, and especially with how we started this talk with all the bowl games that have come up. Because, I, like I said, old school, I remember Pasadena being it. You know, there were a couple bowl games here or there, but that was to just celebrate the division championships and the conference championships. There's bowl games that I'm reading about that I'm like, for what? And you guys are right. It's for the money. Okay, I get it. But if it's for the money and these kids are putting, you know, like, and and... It almost, almost makes me change my mind about the kids sitting out at the bowl games because he's not getting paid to go out there and get hurt. But at the same time, I have to stick to my roots, which says if it wasn't for those people, you wouldn't be as high of a draft pick as you are. So there's no freaking way, me personally, just me, I would turn my back on my team on the final game, whether it was for a national championship or one of these bullshit bulls that have popped up. And I think I said this when we first talked about the players sitting out bowl games. I can understand it, but I don't condone it. I, I, from a pragmatic, simply a pragmatic point of view, I get it. They're they're playing for that big contract money, right? From oh, from, a, from a from a team standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a from a honoring your word standpoint, you're a bitch. But you know what? Here's the bottom line: in in, in our society as it's set up right now, he's going to be a well paid bitch. You're right. And good on have fun with it. Exactly. There's not much we can do about that. 
But I personally, if I saw somebody that sat out a bowl game that's now making millions in the pros and I met him at a fucking restaurant, I wouldn't even shake his hand. I wouldn't you ain't even worth a food stamp, motherfucker. That's it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even, I'd be like, I, I would actually point and introduce Tina to him. That's the bitch that sat out his bowl game so he could make millions <laughs> in the pros. What's he going to do? Hit me? That's right. Give me the millions you made in the pros. That's on my I back, said. On my neck. On my back and my neck. That's why I said, man, if I was, it, I, if I'm sitting there and the draft is up and there's a player who's done that, I'm really, he's going to have to be really vetted pre-draft and really give me a goddamn good explanation for why he did it. And it's going to have to be so good. I can't even think of it right now. Besides, oh, I just want to make sure I got paid. Yeah. I, I, there's no reason I can think of that. You just voluntarily go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing. Uh, it means nothing. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to sit out. in your future, man. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the only reason that you could give, and that reason is not good enough for me. You're trying to protect your future that those 11, other, 10 other people that are on that field today made for you. They made it for you. And now you're going to turn your back on them because, quote, the bold game's not for the championship? It means nothing. Fuck you. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't even think about NFL draft. But why risk it? I mean, if it's not for, oh. I'm going to keep. If it's not for anything important, you just talked about all these games are pointless. What's what's a pointless bowl game if you're like talking about the bowl game? They all I'm saying is there's 11 people on the field. These bowl games that have popped up, like I've been reading about this year, are pointless. All 11 people shouldn't be there. Both teams shouldn't be there. These bowl games shouldn't exist. But they do for the money. I get it. That being said, if I'm going, if my team's going to the bowl game, I'm going to the bowl game. This is personal. This is just me. I understand the money argument. You know, a great example is the U of M. Pepper set out, but played, but got hurt. Peppers is okay was a minor tweak of a hamstring. Peppers is going to go high in the draft and get paid, but probably won't go to the fourth or fifth round, if he can play anymore at all. I get Man, the money. I get play. it. I, but I'm saying, I get the money. I get it. you tell telling me he to, injured himself in those four weeks off? No, 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 I get it. To me personally, that's not even a question. Because you aren't getting paid that money without those 10 other men that have been with you the entire fucking season that are now out there playing for their pride, their school, without you. No, absolutely not. And you're perfectly healthy? No. You could argue maybe they're like, hey, guy, back me up all year. Go in. Play the bowl game. Have your moment in the sun. You ain't playing football pass today. Sorry, Bubba. Not doing it. Like I said, it's personal. Just me. But but you know what? The GMs aren't going to give a fuck. Like... the GMs are gonna. The GMs care about people who buy tickets. I'm with you. If you I, sell I, tickets and, in college, they're hoping you're gonna sell tickets in the pros. They don't give a damn. You know, they don't give a damn. You set out your bowl game. You know, like Uncle Jerry might take you in his office and be like, "Hey, now we can't have you acting like that in the pros." But you don't think those guys? Those guys are still gonna get drafted, man. Oh, I get it. Like I said, just me personally, I get your argument. Totally, it makes sense. And in today's society, like Richard said, it's 100% right to do. Sit out, save your body, get ready to get your big draft and guaranteed millions, 
good on you. But to me personally, that shows character. And it's just me saying this. I would not sit out. Whether I was guaranteed millions in the pros, whether I just was going to finish college and, and go do whatever I went to college for, there's no way in hell that I would turn my back on 10 men that have made me who I'm supposed to be now. No fucking way. That's just character. That's the character of a person. And my character I mean, I is to the end. I agree with you there. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I guess I just don't agree with everyone acting like these guys are like the most horrible kind of people. No, it's, it, to me, well, it's dude, business decision. It's the same thing as Tom Brady right now is in the playoffs for the NFL and him looking at his team going, you know what, guys, I'm sitting out this playoffs. You know, if you win, great. If you go to the Super Bowl, awesome. I got to sit out because I'm going to retire after this year. And I don't want to take an injury to my head and not remember my Hall of Fame induction. So I appreciate everything you've done for me. Go and ahead. Yeah, it's not because he gets paid. The college guys don't get paid. Like Doesn't that's the thing. It's, it's for, yeah, it does. You didn't make dick for four years, and you got, you know, and you got like ten million dollars. Okay, but now for you at the end of it, filthy, filthy, filthy hundred percent ain't ever going to be broke rich. Okay. And he's got all of this millions and his Super Bowl rings and everything. He's ready to go to the Hall of Fame. He doesn't want to risk taking a concussion and not remembering his induction. Go play. I'm done. I'm, I'm good. So you're just going to turn your back on all of them people that got you to the Super Bowl or got you he to the play. He's allowed to. He, in theory, he could. Oh, you're right. It's not and against the law. It's not illegal. You're right. A hundred percent. But to if me, he wants to, you know, joke, and I just... To oh. live to see to be at his children's weddings because he's been getting hit in the head for the last three decades. I wouldn't hold that against him. I would. No, your team's out there. You're out there. If you're physically able to be there, you're there. But you talk about oh, all right. More devil's advocate here. You talk about all this loyalty to a team. Team ain't so loyal to you if you stop producing from the GM to the coach to the rest of the players. You stop producing, that loyalty sure as shit goes out the window. Yeah, but you're talking about upper management, bro. I'm talking upper management. I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking. Tom Brady starts throwing a pick every other pass. You watch how fast that team fucking doesn't support him. No, I'm with you. But I. You're not. You're, no, you've changed the. You, as Rich says, you've moved the goalpost. Have I? Because you're talking about it's all about the team, right? The team don't give a fuck about you if you stop producing. Where's the, where's all this high and mighty self righteous? You know it's the team, and it just, you stop producing for the team. Watch how fast they turn their back on you. At that yeah. level, something had to go significantly wrong for you to stop producing. Like you just had to stop caring. You had to stop practicing. But it, stop but it won't change up. the fact that the team the team is only the team's loyal. It it won't change the fact that the team will turn on you. The, the circumstances of you stopping producing are irregardless. The fact that when you stop producing, whether you're Tom Brady or one of these guys that's in there playing their bowl game, the team don't give a fuck about you. You're only as good as your results when you're on a team. Yeah. Two different opinions, Chris. That's all I'm saying, man. If, if a guy at Tom Brady's level stops producing, it's because he wants to. It's because he stopped going to practices. He stopped going to the films. He stopped listening to every, everything the coach was trying to tell him. 
I'm not just, talking about that. I'm just talking. You're talking about all this. You should have all this loyalty to your team. I'm saying, if you stop producing, that loyalty doesn't come back the other way. That, that's my not, point, I guess. Not, not true in high school and college. Not true. That loyalty is completely there. Really? Ask, ask Rich Rod. <laughs> ask, ask him how that went. You know, are you talking guy? about? Are you talking about? Okay, hold on though, because I think. I think maybe we're talking, you guys are talking about two different things. There's a difference between, right? okay, there's a difference between someone going, I'm not going to play because I don't want to risk X, but I still have the ability to play, versus someone who, for whatever reason, they've reached their peak ability and they're now on the downside of their career, and they're just not as good as they were anymore. Drew Brees. Okay. Teams, I mean... (sighs) It's 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 the nature of the beast of sports. Okay, teams aren't going to stay loyal to you till you're in the ground and dead. I mean, that's just all there is to it. It's not be, you know oh because you did something for us in your late twenties, early thirties, we're going to make sure that you're out there playing. You know, uh, you're our quarterback into your fucking seventies. I mean, there's a point where it's like, look, we had you. You no longer have it. You have to either move on to someone who's willing to take a chance on you. Or retire. That's different than going. I'm not Bravo. doing this, even though, <laughs> even though I I'm I'm more than capable of doing this. I'm not doing it because I don't want to get hurt or I don't want X to happen. Right. To me, and, and I have a harder a- I have a harder time respecting that, and that's where I understand where you're coming from. And at the same time, I understand where Chris is coming from because these teams ultimately their goal is to win and if they feel they got a better chance to win with someone besides you you just said his name romo they will move on right but how did they say to him before they moved on though honestly be honest if it was anybody but romo and jerry jones i don't think that would have been that much fucking controversy about romo period right but don't talk just about this year with Dak. how loyal has the cowboys been to romo through all of his injuries and all of the problems and all of the missed throws and interceptions and loss in the playoffs and everything yeah, else. You're absolutely right. You can And you can look at other sports. Guys like how loyal the Giants were to Barry Bonds. Now, you could argue that Barry Bonds was putting asses in the seats, so that's how come they were loyal to him. But they didn't have to put up with his bullshit. They could have cut bait and ran. If you want to look at it, there's... a ton of guys in hockey. Bob Probert being the one that sticks out to my mind. Vernon. How many guys did, did, did I mean, how many chances did, did they give Bob Probert? And he just kept fucking up to the point where they finally said, look, we can't take any more chances for you. We literally kept your ass out of federal prison. We literally got you. We, we created new laws and precedents in court <laughs> to get you to play and you keep fucking up. <laughs> I, we're I sorry. We can't do it anymore. <laughs> Right, and Fivefold Vernon, how long did they stay with him as their top goaltender? Had Osgood waiting, ready. But you're, way we're talking way about up. the but we're getting into the pros. I mean this talks about college. I'll just let's talk about your bro Peppers. All right. You talk about these guys, oh their teams and they should play their bowl games and all that stuff. If Peppers blows out his knee in week one, how loyal do you think that Michigan program would have been to that guy? I have they'd no have idea. They'd have had him dressed in all Michigan. Uh, Nike, Michigan gear, on the sidelines, on crutches for every game. And then they just said, have a nice time in the draft when the year was over with. 
That's how loyal they'd have been to him. I honestly believe that. Harbaugh just strikes me as that type of guy. He's a star player. He wasn't going to fucking cut bait with him and, and call it a day. Now, if it had been the third string fucking running back, who was a, a sophomore red shirt, different story. I, I've pretty much said this the entire way through this. My, fi- my final statement, Chris, is period. As a character of a man, I would never, I don't care what I was level I was playing at, high school, college, NFL, I would never turn my back on the, on the team. Fuck the general manager or the coaches or the school, or whatever, on the team that got me to the status I, I was going to be. That people looked at me as. I Because these people are nothing without the other ten men. Whoever those other ten men are, change them out. But they are nothing. The Heisman Trophy, all of this shit. Those kids, those players are nothing without the other ten men or four men in basketball or hockey or whatever sport you want to look at. They're nothing without those other teammates. True, but you don't get drafted 11 players at a time. And I'm sure these gentlemen will argue character ain't moving me out of my mom's house. Okay, and that's how you think. That's not how I think. I just, I can't turn my back on people that have put me in the position I'm in. And I won't. I won't ever. In any facet, be it at any job, there's no way I would turn my back on my team. No, not going to happen. Personal. Just personal. I, I, I get it, man. I understand, but I just... For, for instance, I, right I, now... I think these guys this, are being painted as giant shitheads, and I don't think they're that big of shitheads. I just think right, they're looking out Chris, for their future. Let's let's bring it home. Let's bring it right here to this podcast. If somebody listens to this podcast and loves how Rich analyzes hockey, loves it enough to say, Rich, we're going to pay you this much money, we're going to do this. If Rich turned his back on me and you and said, bye, guys... I, I would look at Rich a whole different way than I look at him right now. I would understand I guess it. Because I, I would understand it. He's got an opportunity. Go ahead, homie. Right. I mean, that's, no, no, that's no. I guess how we're wired different. Exactly, and and I, I just like you, I would understand it. He, he has an opportunity. He got called up. I get it, but that's kind of fucked up because he didn't Why? do this podcast Why? by they, himself. Why? They, okay, they well, hold call, on, hold but on. They, but they didn't call us. They called him. Uh, and I okay, and I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, this is how and this is how I would handle a situation like that. Can I still do this podcast? And d- depending on if their answer is, uh, yeah, we don't give a shit. Okay, well, as long as it doesn't affect the podcast, what's the fucking matter? But if they say no, then there's a point where I have to sit down and talk to you guys. What what's going on? How do we feel about this? We both and, would wish you the best of luck. It would just and 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 that's do you see what I'm saying? Do you see? Well, what I'm I guess saying? that leads me, to something that maybe hasn't me, been Chris, reported on. Chris, this is what I'm saying. I don't know if if he went to the players and his coach, yeah. and the players and the coach gave him their blessing. That's a little bit different in my book. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, one thing that's I don't think that's been reported on. We don't know if these guys did that. All the news stories have just been is these guys are sitting out their bowl games. They don't. Yeah, they don't. I mean, Peppers. Peppers could have went to Harbaugh and been like, "Hey, man." You know, like you saw I'm what kind of season athlete. I had. <laughs> he could have been, yeah, he could have been like Jim. You saw what kind of season I had. You know, I, this doesn't mean anything. Can I sit out? I mean, if they approached the team, so what? If they went to the team and the team's cool with it, rock and roll, brother. Like, and, and what I'm getting at with with that is this is what I said in the in the 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 chat, the group chat, and this is what I've said, I believe, earlier in the podcast. And I'm just going to reiterate it. I don't believe Harbaugh's type of guy that would rubber stamp 
a player last minute sitting out without saying something about it. Because if he's not coming back for sure, there's nothing that he can do to hurt Harbaugh. The only thing Harbaugh has to worry about is, is this going to hurt me in recruiting down the road? If I speak out against this player who, without coming to me, without coming to his teammates, made a decision on his own, went rogue, and said, I'm not playing in this game. And he was perfectly capable of playing in it. That's the only, that's the only thing I have to hang my hat on that I think there's something a little bit more legit to him sitting it out as far as being hurt. And that's all I have to hang my hat on, is that. Harbaugh just doesn't strike me as that type of coach. That man is crazy. I mean, seriously. I don't. That man is something that just screws loose. Love him as a coach. I'm glad he's, he, glad he's U of M's football coach. I would not want to know the man personally because he is fucking nuttier than squirrel shit. So that's, that's, just, that's just how it sits with me. I don't know. I'm just playing it as a, I'm just saying how, how you know how it feels. But beyond that, other players want to sit out. They've talked to their coach. Whatever. Yeah, Chris is right. Maybe we're not getting the full story. Now, granted, I find that hard to believe in a 24-hour news cycle we have these days. But I mean, things like that do happen. You know, hey, it's not for a national championship. We're not in the playoffs. This is basically for bragging rights. Maybe you know, maybe some of these coaches were like. And other teammates were like, you know what, <laughs> to, put, to quote Cat Williams, get your money, boo-boo. I don't know. <laughs> well, too, it's, in, the, in the current media climate we're in, too, you could argue that maybe just the full story wasn't reported. Maybe these guys aren't playing their bowl games is a lot sexier than these guys sat down their team and their coach and said and asked if they could not play in their bowl game. You know what I'm saying? You know, more people yeah, will, but will see, click here's, on here's so-and-so sitting out bowl game. More people will Personal. click on that. Again, personally, I don't care if they sat down with their moms and the moms of every player on the team. You don't turn your back on the people that got you there. That's me, personally. No, if I got called about this podcast and said, yeah, we want you, and I'd be like, all right, there's three of us, so you want all three of us. No, we just want you. All right, I got to have these two with me. They are the reason I'm here. So, you get me? I would not turn my back on you two. There's no fucking way. I mean, I got you, dude. And honestly, I'm not wired to do that. And I'm hurt. We've, <laughs> we've we've veered off into, you know, if we all had 10-inch fucking cocks with 16 inches of girth, we would never have met each other because we'd be filming porn right now. So we've, we're well into storytelling. Filming, so. so, I mean, I think we've... This, this fucking... <laughs> this ain't even a dead horse. This is, this is dust and bones at this point. So do we want to actually talk about the fucking bowl games? <laughs> yeah. Not how stupid they are and who, who sat them out? We could do that. Uh, the best bowl game, I, bar none, uh, and it's not because I'm a homer, because it's not. Went to MSU. Anyways, was U of M and, and Florida State. That was a fucking bowl game. Every other bowl game I've seen is just nothing. A whole lot of it. And apparently Wisconsin is the only team in the Big Ten that can do anything in their bowl game, but... <laughs> playing the playing the the, the Western Michigan, yeah, yeah Western, yeah. But <laughs> Ohio State lost, Michigan. They lost. didn't even score a point, man. Not even a point. You know, Ohio State or not Ohio State, it does. I thought for sure Meyer had something. I had never seen a team he's coached play like they played. So I guess the question is: Is Clemson that good, or did Ohio State biff it that bad? I think they're that good, honestly. 
I, I think this national championship is going to be uh, a hell of a game because Nick Saban is that good. Fuck Alabama and the players. Nick Saban is that good. And Clemson, they're hungry, man. They just they look mean. They look like, I don't care what the papers say, I'm going to come out here and hit somebody, and at the end of the day, I'm going to, you know, be a winner. I, th- I think I think this was a brutal reminder that it goes SEC, ACC, and if you're really a homer, you can maybe throw the Big Ten in at third as far as the Power Five conferences. But that's being a homer beyond my ability to be. This is just, this was teams who had, who they threw in, who had to be there because of their ranking. But if they'd have played the schedules that Clemson or Alabama had played, they wouldn't have they been wouldn't there. even been that high. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have been there. They'd have been up in these other made up bowls. Yeah, I mean, that was my first thought with the Michigan game is like, oh, you played an ACC team. This is what happens. Like, I, I think this bowl season was a kind of a gut check for the Big Ten that they're not as good as they think they are. Because what did we but hear all year? What did we hear all year? The Big Ten is back. The Big Ten's a power conference once again. But, but hang on. Now, FSU is a beast. Has been a beast for f- f- fuck all years. Many years. Okay? And Michigan hung with them till the very end. FSU had to pull a what the fuckings out of their ass at the end of that game to win. And, and I mean that to show up in the second half to to also make it competitive. I mean, it was at the end of that game. I was like, even his own teammate told him to stay in the end zone, and I mean, then he runs it, it out all the way to the, the results. Every Big Ten team lost except Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Every Big Ten team lost their bowl game. So I just think it's they're not as good as they think they are. Like, there's you know this isn't fifty years ago. You know, the ACC and the SEC are pretty much the minor league of the NFL at this point. And what I'm saying is, if Michigan and Ohio State and, ooh, you thought MSU had a bad season this year, if they had to play a schedule full of ACC or SEC teams, they wouldn't even have been in the talk. Yep. They'd have been in, they'd have been in the middle to the bottom of the pack. Of those conferences. And this is just the reality of college football. I mean, I actually had a friend say to me, he goes, you know, we up in the up here in the north, we hang our hat, you know, especially Michigan fans hang their hat on tradition and, you know, the winningest uh, college football program as far as win percentage and just raw wins and, you know, this and that. But when you really get south of the Mason-Dixon border, them motherfuckers eat, sleep, shit, fuck, party with, marry have affairs with and breed football. That was no bullshit in that in, in when you when you watched the university when you watched the U documentary and they said from Tampa to Daytona Beach on down, we declared the st- the state of Miami. That was no bullshit, man. And they those guys down there are they care about winning. You goddamn right they do. Uh case in point, LSU. Fucking Les Miles had a winning goddamn record. Then <laughs> he got let go. I'm telling you, he he lost what ten in five years. Yeah, it was sick. Ridiculous. Yeah, Michigan was would sick. kill for like a coach with that kind of record, and LSU fired his ass. Just win, baby, and fucking Al Davis should have been should have been in the college, should have been in the NCAA, because that's pretty much a philosophy at least down south when you get into these SEC teams for sure. 
just why you think Saban's been at Alabama for a decade? Because all he does is win, and they're not going to fucking get rid of him until he stops winning. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, and, and if and, and if you just want to look at it from a raw, the the materials that make football players, look at the players from the deep south who who traditionally end up in in or you know not the deep south necessarily, but just the south who end up going to these programs to where there's pipelines for as far as recruiting into these states. These are one hot, humid weather states. And these fuckers, their endurance is on another fucking level. People talk about you take a, you take a team from the south and you put them in the north and you, you, know, and you ask them to play. Case in point, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before their Super Bowl run that year, they never won a game in below 40 weather, blah, 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 this and that. Take a team from the north and stick them down there in, in, in late Florida summertime during Indian summer and tell me that they're going to be able to fucking keep up with guys who are used to that type of heat and humidity. You know, when it's 120 degrees on the field. Well, that's like you go to Denver, get out of your car, dude, you can't breathe. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The, these guys are conditioned on a different level. And most of these bowl games, where are they played? They're not played up here. And if they are, they're in domes. <laughs> uh, uh, Spartan Stadium, the big house, they don't have bowl games there. right? Lucas Oil Field and Ford Field is where, up here, where they play bowl games. I mean, there's a reason for that shit. You know? So these are just hardier, better conditioned to these, to these types of, you know, the type of conditions they're going to be exposed to players and these are also areas where football is everything you have generations in florida who until recently there was no hockey there was no baseball except for spring training and basketball was pretty much an afterthought i mean so (laughs) football was all there was this shit is year round so i mean it's it's a it's a different mindset these players have and the and like I said, the SEC, the ACC to a to a lesser extent, they all have pipelines recruiting into these states. And if you go to Florida, you root for one of three teams: either the Hurricanes, the Seminoles, or the Gators. That's it. You don't. You, you, very rarely, unless it's a transplant. Of list. You, yeah, very rarely, unless it's a transplant from another state, do you see any other college football fan rooting for any other teams besides those three. And believe me, they're just as rabid as we are up here. If not more so. I've seen it. I witnessed it. I used to live down there. <laughs> I've seen grown men who grew up together get into fist fights during a rivalry game on a Saturday. Just saying. So, yeah, the Big Ten, you know, that's how come, look, up here in the Big Ten, when we play each other, yeah, we talk shit. That's how come I was like, Ohio State, for a long time now, has been on a level above the Big Ten. And Ohio State's come back down to earth for whatever reason. Well, you know. It's and you say that, but I still can't excuse what happened to them. I don't care if it was Clemson, Alabama. I don't care who it was. I, I just, I watched the game and I'm like, are they going to move the football? That was, I've, yeah. yeah they got embarrassed. That was. They really did. I mean, they really did, man. That was one of those things. I, I don't. I don't subscribe to the theory that that if Michigan is out of, like, if they're not in bowl contention, they're not playing a bowl game. That I root for the Big Ten. I'm a Michigan fan. I don't fuck the Big Ten. Okay. Why would I root for the people that I hate the rest of the year just because they're in the same division as me? Well, because don't yeah. you want our division to do good? No, I don't care about the rest of the division. I care about Michigan. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't root for the Central Division in baseball. I don't root for the NFC North in football. I don't root for the Central Division basketball. No, I root for exactly. my goddamn team. And when I but when I see a game like that, I'm like, oh, 
Oh man, really, really? Like I gotta <laughs> like, imagine that's how a black my, my person in that feels. Same conference. Come on, man. <laughs> I gotta imagine that's how a black person feels when 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 another black person fucks up so bad, and they're just like, God damn it! I know it has nothing to do with me, but I'm gonna hear about this at work. You know, Steve I'm Harvey. Hear- <laughs> no, man. It's- no, it's like when I walk into a party store and I can smell the guy behind the counter from the door and he's got eight layers of gold on. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, you know, for, and for me, it would be my family from down south. So when I see swamp people on TV, I'm just like, oh, God. That's what everyone thinks my family's like. And the bitch <laughs> yeah. of it is, some of them are. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and not just being a homer, the game of U of M and, and FSU was a phenomenal played game. Phenomenal. Well, the, except for the cable, my cable freezing up or my PlayStation view freezing up and me not catching the end of it. You telling me what happened and then seeing the replays. I had I second after halftime and on, I was like, OK, this is a game I can get into. Before that, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. Really? This shit's going to drive me to drink. Because I didn't think it was going to be. I, if you asked me to put money on it, I couldn't have said it was going to be that close before halftime. Looks like two separate teams out there, man. Well, but that's how Harbaugh does. You know, he makes his, his determination of what has to be changed. He makes his changes and it goes. But that being said, though, before the game, during the game, halftime, after the game, I don't know where Ohio State was. Because that wasn't the team I seen play all season. Still in Ohio. Oh my Still goodness! The shoot. They sent the practice squad. Are we sure that they, that that wasn't the Cleveland Browns dressed up? Uh, we're Ohio not sure of anything forms? anymore, man. Even Washington <laughs> scored a touchdown. Come on! <laughs> it was just to not score anything in a nationally televised bowl game, and you're the Ohio State University, right? Oh boy! And you're dominating. You're you, you know you beat the big U of M. You beat the Black M. You're the shit. You're the. Sh- it really reminded me of Ronda Rousey. It really did. Forty eight seconds. Pow! Right in the kisser. What happened? But too, as a Michigan fan, you look at that and you'd be like, "Geez, I mean, if if Ohio State put up nothing on Clemson, you think Michigan would have done any better?" I don't know. That's that's what I'm trying to say is when they faced FSU. It, I mean, they put it back to Ronda Rousey. They at least went blow for fucking blow. They didn't Only get second the half, but the sure. That first half was awful. Please say the first half was awful because it was. The first <laughs> half was awful, man. It was. Like, as a Michigan observer, I was even like, ooh, geez, come on. You, you going to play today or are you just going to be like, or are you just going to let the SEC live up to their fucking reputation? Because the first okay, half was for, for two of their best good. players weren't in the game. Hey, but uh, your Heisman guy, trophy right? not not in the game. Your your star tight end knocked out of the game, and they still went blow for fucking blow. Ohio State looked like they entered the octagon, turned around, dropped drawer, and took it up the you know poop shoot. I, I they just were like, I see how this is going to be. So Michigan went blow for blow with a broke down ass. FSU. I mean, I guess maybe you're glad they didn't. They weren't at full strength. Like, think about that. Yeah, a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas, but it was what it was. At least was an entertaining game. At least I could, you know, eat some popcorn to it. Well, you could argue as Michigan fans that Ohio State game should have been super entertaining. To you guys, you're watching the Buckeyes get the shit beat out of them. At, but I, I question I why Michigan fans would be 
Because uh, cooking up popcorn and eating it and enjoying every I, second of it. Fabrizio, enemy of an enemy is my friend. I get it. But at the same time, they beat our ass. Ohio State beat us. So what happened? Because now you can't even move the ball. It's not that you just couldn't score. You couldn't move the fucking ball. Maybe, uh, maybe this exposes the ranking system a little bit. Can we put that in play? You might want to say that because number six Michigan got beat by number 11 FSU. And number six Michigan... Was as high as, what, three, two? I was afraid more to Ohio State, but sure, we can talk about (laughs) the ranking system of Michigan, too. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to talk about it, it, it's not even about being a homer. It's about being truthful. Michigan was as high as three or two in this ranking system, and they got beat by number 11. Nobody that was ever ranked in the top 10, FSU. But you could also argue that Michigan was never, if you look at this year's college football teams, Michigan was never the second or third best team in the country. At no point during the season were they ever that caliber. I'll give them top five. Yeah, but, top five. But, yeah, but the way Clemson and Alabama have been playing, I mean, there's no way. And even Ohio State until they just fucking, and Penn State. You know, Penn State came on late. There's no way Michigan was ever the second or third best team in the nation this year. Right. I agree. No, the ranking system is, is fucked. And <clears throat> I know I know I've said it on the on, on this show before. I agree with that hundred percent. You know, they especially preseason rankings and uh, blah blah blah. It's just I, I I guarantee you next season Michigan will be ranked top three. In the preseason rankings, because of how they did this year, and because of that block in, I guarantee you they'll be a top. They'll be ranked in the top three. Okay. Preseason rankings. I'll give you top ten. I'll give you top, top ten. 10. Top ten, not top three. I don't even think they make top five because they're losing a lot of players. Yeah, man, I'm just saying that block M holds a lot. To ca- they were ranked during the top ten during the Rich Rod years preseason rankings. They were never ever that good during the Rich Rod years. I'm, t- I'm talking preseason. I'm not talking after they play a couple games. I'm just talking uh-huh. the straight up preseason rankings. Right. Michigan State was ranked what eight, six, something like that. Yeah, and they, and only- they, they fell like a hot rock as soon as games started being played. I mean, that's what I'm saying about these these preseason rankings. They're a bunch of shit. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, they're in the top ten. But well, since we're talking since we're talking preseason rankings, I just want to say this before the national championship game. Before the off season and the recruiting starts and all this bullshit, I just want to say this right now. I don't even, I, as a Michigan fan, I can't even say that this is a step forward this season. To me, this is just a step to the. It's 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 a plateau, okay. Uh, and another ten and three season with a loss to Ohio State, Michigan State, and no bowl game victory. Uh, that's a problem. You're right. I agree. And Jesus and khakis. Just hey, just remember, homeboy, that some people call you Jesus in khakis because you're the savior. But just like the other Jesus, we know where the hammer and nails are. Right? <laughs> so we won't crown you. We're just saying. Yeah, don't think your ass. You know, <laughs> Jesus. The New Testament picks up when Jesus was thirty. Three years in, where was he at the end of that book? Okay, I'm hey, just saying. Hey, hey, killed Abel. I'm just saying. You know. Uh, there better be forward progress next year. And I will argue that Michigan had the same kind of season that the Lions had. You had a season where you did what you were supposed to do. 
You beat all the teams you were supposed to beat. Uh, uh, I would disagree with that because they should have won that bowl game. Period. If they could, if they could pull it out after halftime, and Harbaugh is half the coach that people give him credit for, he should have made adjustments before halftime. That's just how I feel. So they I, I do want to give a shout out to Western Michigan because I lived at Kalamazoo for a while. Uh, hell of a season. And they held yeah. their own against Wisconsin for a minute. They did for a little bit. They did. They did. They they tried to do what they could do. It wasn't much, but I know the Mac the Mac showing more balls through Western Michigan than the Big Ten did through Ohio State. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> uh, there you go. I'm saying it's another problem with the goddamn ranking system right there. And the only Big Ten team to win their bowl game plays a Mac team. Let's be honest here. Come on now. They, yeah. that, that was not. Oh. I mean, it wasn't a squeaker of a win, but if any team should have blown out another team, like Ohio State got blown out, it should have been Wisconsin blowing out Western. I mean, that would have that would have made a lot more sense. So, once again, congratulations, you did what was expected of you. I mean, that's that's really all I can take away from this season if we're looking at the Big Ten as a whole. All right, whole who, you, who you guys got? Or are we going to wait till picks to do that? Let's wait till picks. All right. Rich, Winter Classic today, did you watch? I didn't watch today's. I watched yesterday's. The alumni game? Uh, no, I watched the um, Red Wings and Maple Leafs. Oh. And I did, did you see that alumni game? Uh-uh. Yeah, I didn't figure. It's probably only local here in Toronto. Uh, Gary Roberts and Chris Draper damn near dropped the gloves. Really? Like there was serious chirping going on between the two. Yeah. In an alumni game? Yeah. If you know anything about Gary Roberts, Gary Roberts is, he's insane. Like he, 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 when he played, he didn't care who you were. He, he, he dropped the gloves and go in a heartbeat. So listen to this line. Are you ready? This is what that happened in the alumni game. Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall, Adam Oates, Al McKinnis, Chris Pronger, and their goalie was Martin Brodeur. Damn. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, Rich, that is so some fucking NHL 95 trading bullshit. <laughs> we overruled the trading. Yes. <laughs> Three for here. I'm like, holy shit. How do you stop that? You can't. I know, and our checking lines would be like, be like, uh, uh, Lindros, Probert, uh, Koser, Buka Boom, and Kevin and Steve, or, or uh, Scott Stevens, you know? Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I watched that and I was like, oh no, no, come on, no, you can't, you, that's, uh, that's not even unfair, that's, never was, you can't do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the nice part about watching those alumni games. Yeah, but uh, but no, I, I missed I missed uh, today's I missed today's game. I did see the the final score. Um, the uh, the Red Wings and, and and Maple Leafs one actually turned out to, to be really good because the Maple Leafs just opened it the fuck up on the Red Wings at one point. They were up four one, and the Red Wings came back to tie it. And I mean, you know, the Leafs as as the Wings are doing this year, they cannot win in overtime, and the Leafs won it in overtime. But I mean, it was it was a fucking great game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've 
I wasn't. I can't, man, I just that the highlight for me out of that whole Winter Classic was that line and Martin Brodeur in a fucking <laughs> St. Louis jersey. I couldn't. I couldn't even hold it. I was dying. My wife Tina has no idea about hockey. Had no idea what I was laughing at. Oh my god! The whole time I'm watching this, I can't even focus on the game now because I'm thinking that's some me and Rich overruling trades and shit. <laughs> Just all types of wrong. You can't have that. I know, but I gotta say, man, it's kind of cheap to throw Pro Doer out there for the fucking Blues. I mean, let's it be was, honest here, dude. But but he came on and did an interview and said it. You know, yeah, he was in a Blues jersey and everything. But to be on the same ice as Wayne Gretzky, Al McInnes. And he's not facing their shots for a change? All right. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, who do you stop on that line? You can't. Even if you stop the great one, Wayne Gretzky, he's going to pass it to Brett Holt. You try to stop him, he's going to pass it to Adam Oates. God forbid they go to the blue line with Al McInnes. Move! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he can still hit triple digits with a slap shot. Probably not, but I guarantee you he can get up in the high 90s still, easily. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, I have to say, when they when they first announced, started announcing all these outdoor games, I, I was like, oh, Glow Puck Part 2. But I've really warmed up to them. You know, I... I they're, it reminds you of people you used to watch, though. That's why you get to see them again. Well, there's that, but it's also it lends itself to better telev to, to to better spectated on television than I thought it would. And apparently, I've never been to one, but apparently, people even that go, it seems like they're so far from the fucking ice they can't see ship. They're like, no, it's great. There's no sight lines are great, you know, and and there's. You know, when they had one at the big house, 100,000 people there and this and that. And I'm like, well, I mean, all right. just seems to me it's got a little ice ring in the middle of this huge stadium. But, okay. So, but hey, man, you know, anything I yeah, guess. But even, get- if, even if you watched it at the big house, though, and you saw, got to see that line, tell me it wouldn't be worth it. Oh, definitely, dude. One of the things that pisses me off is that I didn't get to catch uh, – uh, when, when the Avalanche and the, and the Red Wings played each other and they did their alumni games, I didn't get to watch that alumni game. That pissed me off. Because I just uh, wanted to, one last time, see some Red Wings stomp on some fucking Colorado Edelmunch. My, my, my greatest claim ever to a sporting event I went to was uh, Michael Jordan's first game back out of his first retirement was a, a preseason game with the Pistons. That was his first game back ever from his quote-unquote retirement. And Sarah and I were six rows off the floor behind the basket. So I got to see Michael Jordan actually play. And I'm going to tell you from experience, it's not just the TV. That motherfucker can fly. Because at one point he did do a breakaway and then he jumped and it was like in slow motion. It was like watching it on TV and it was slowed down so you could see it. But it wasn't. It was live. And he just floated. And Sarah and I are like, oh, you know, it was just so surreal to watch that live, and he never came down. He jumped and made it all the way to the basket, and I'm like, oh, my God, that just happened. He did the prince, <laughs> he did, and then he took one hand off the net and the other hand and floated down. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it, 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 was, it was a hell of an experience to watch 
And uh, I, when I was watching, even on TV, and I saw that line, I was dying. Rich, I wish you'd have been here. Because that was so a me and you moment sitting here with controllers going, no, no, get that one. All right, but I got to overrule the trade. <laughs> get Adam uh, Oates, but they want too much. It's Adam Oates. <laughs> <laughs> we already got Gretzky and Hall. Who, Adam Oates. <laughs> no, dude, that took me way back. And, yeah, I, I get you feeling how you could warm up to it because it did. Not just to watch that line and Brodeur as their goalie, but. It took me back to a time in my life, and it was just so just awesome to watch. And it's like, <laughs> you, you, you're fucked. I don't care who you have. You're fucked. <laughs> the goalie yeah, was uh, Jim Brathwaite, dude. Or, or Jimmy Waite. Jimmy Waite, period. Jesus. Yeah, the score was 8-7. St. Louis well, won. It's very rare you get guys going full tilt at each other in those alumni games. But, but when you do... It's it's it makes for interesting watching because I got to say, I, I, you don't see football players have an old timers game, and what's you know baseball players old timers games are basically softball games. Yep, maybe basketball players, but like hockey players tend to stay in the shape long after retirement for some reason. I don't know how why. hilarious would an NFL old timers game be? Oh uh, God. Uh, could just be ambulances just lined up on each side of the field. That would turn into a flag football game. It has to be. You you think there's you think there's no defense played during the Pro Bowl? <laughs> but that's just it. They do have that. The old timer game, the retired play, they have a flag football game during that week. Oh yeah, because it's it's all you need. See, they Where won't they be able to have L they won't be able to have that shit with certain players because, you know, you get certain guys, like if you get a Mike Singletary out there, all of a sudden his PTSD <laughs> kicks in. Next thing you know, you know, Steve Young looking like Joe Theismann version 2.0, and he's like, it's a fucking guy. It's a flag football game. <laughs> it's for charity, dick. <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought I heard Buddy Ryan screaming in my, in my ear to kill him. Sorry, my bad. I, I felt the pads. I felt the pads. So you bring up Buddy Ryan. We got some coaching vacancies in the NFL, some? don't we? Some? Is there a coach some? left? Hey, how, okay, how about this? Uh, Jim Caldwell, surprisingly. Oh, oh well, I'm going to get to that, believe me. I got, I got a lot to say about that. No, there's like six. The, how about we get to the most, the one that made me go, huh? The most, uh-huh. which is Kubiak. What yeah. the fuck? He retired. He didn't get fired. He retired. Where the fuck did that come from? He has a lot of health issues. He's been to the hospital a bunch of times in the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, even on game days. He wasn't there because he had to go to the hospital. He has a bunch of health issues. Unreported, personal life, but real real talk, real shit. He's got a bunch of health issues. Uh, He came out, said he's fine right now. Uh, You know, he's doing well. But coaching football at his level... The way he sees it and wants it uh, is very taxing and takes too much, and he's got to go. And somebody on uh, one of the talk shows here brought up a great point. Kubiak has been involved with the Broncos every step of the way when they won uh, their their championships. In the 80s and 90s when they won, he was an uh, 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 offensive coordinator, I think. Uh, in the 90s, uh, he did some other shit for them. Like, 
I, I don't know what he was. But then in, in the 2000s, he was the head coach. Every championship the Broncos won, Kubiak was there. Maybe I just, maybe I underestimated the, the, the depth of his health issues. I didn't realize it was that much to get the man to retire. Because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't a going out on top situation, obviously, or else he'd have done it last year. It's, so I, you know, I was just like, is it pressure from family? Is it pressure from the front this, office? No, no. no. This, this isn't a, a question of whether he had a job or, you know, he missed the playoffs or you're out type thing. This wasn't anything else other than his health. And it's 100% yeah. documented. See, if you meant pressure with Gary Kubiak, uh, might be more blood pressure. Because that have yeah. been a bunch of heart issues that he's yes. had? Yes. That'll do it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's not like a Jabril Peppers, did he hurt, did he not hurt, is it real, is it not? No, this but, is documented. Let's be honest here. Uncle Urban also fucking left Florida because of heart issues, and then now he's up there in Ohio State. So, yeah. is this going to be yeah, a situation I, they're going to keep his seat warm for a couple of years? No. Yeah, but Urban. But there was also a lot of shit swirling around Urban when he all of a sudden stepped away. Like, didn't he have a lot of uh, shady shit going down? Well, I mean, his players game. he had on his. Look at the players he had on his team. He had Aaron Hernandez, you know, and that was just one of, what, 90 guys on the roster? Is I mean, Tim so, really a saint? <laughs> so the shit that, you know, if, if and and the stories that come out about Hernandez in, in college, if he was getting away with that shit, that means other players were getting away with shit we just ain't heard about, you know, because that was buried until he, went to, he, until he went to trial. So, uh, you know, good point. I didn't think about that either. I don't but but with Kubiak, though, like I said, in his defense, every championship Denver has won, Kubiak has been a part of that team somehow, some way. So this is, I'm almost 100% sure, is all about the health. Does Rex one, Ryan end up in Denver? Rex Ryan's got choices galore right now. With him and his brother my, out looking? I was talking Oof. to my colleague today, and he's like, no, he's done in the NFL. I'm like, man. Like, what are you talking about? He's Buddy Ryan's son. He will always coach somewhere. And, he, he, just, somewhere. and if you look at who's available, it makes the most sense for his style as far as teams. Well, especially with the defense they got. Get out of here. Well, also, yes. you gotta consider you got to consider the situation he's leaving. You have the Bills, which the more they talk since his firing, the more they're coming off like they're doing a fucking Chinese fire drill. Their GM comes out and says he wasn't privy to Ryan being fired. Last thing he knew is he walked in to talk to the owners, and then he saw Rex leave, and the owner come up and said, yeah, uh, Rex Ryan's no longer our head coach. Now, if that's the truth, that, that organization's fucked because that's a complete lack of communication between the, the, the three people at the top of that organization, the owner, the general manager, and their head coach. The same thing happened in fucking San Francisco. Everybody knew Chip Kelly was getting fired. Nobody knew the general manager was getting fired. CEO came out on ESPN and said, I got nothing for you. I can't say a word to you that's going to make it right. That, you know, I own the team, and, uh, you know, this is just how we're going to run it. I, I blame the upper management and the coach, and, and that's why the change. Because not yeah, only did Chip Kelly get fired, the GM got fired at San Fran as well. Yeah, but I, I do have to give it up to – the smart-ass reporter who asked that, that owner said, well, if this is a problem at the top, why are you still here? And he and said, I own the team. <laughs> and he's like, owners don't get replaced. 
And it's like, well, I, you're missing the point. He's kind of saying you need to be replaced. So, like I said, it was a smart-ass yeah, comment was, by the reporter. But it was. It was. Well, good luck with that, I, reporter. I, I, I love the response, though, because I own the team. <laughs> I mean, that's the only response, really. I own the team, motherfucker. I have the receipts. Shut up. Right. Like, I pay the fucking paychecks. Go away. Unless you're going to make me an offer right now, you're going to throw me a, you know, a few hundred million. Like, you could shut the fuck up and keep asking well, me your question. <clears throat> Reporter making what, 30 grand a year. Here's what I'm getting at. Okay, the Bills, obviously, that front office is a clusterfuck. Um, with the 49ers, a lot of people took a look and said, okay, it was Jim Harbaugh who was their coach. Harbaugh wore out his welcome. Harbaugh has a habit of doing that. And a repu- or he has a reputation of doing that. So a lot of people put, you know, just wrote it off to that. Maybe the, there's a little bit more fire because we just keep seeing smoke. Maybe there's something going on out there. Well, just, just like in the that. bills, where it's where there's not a there's not a, the the proper communication going on between the top three at the top. There is because Chip Kelly got overruled by the general manager to draft Des- uh, Dak Prescott. Yeah, that would be, if I'm Chip Kelly, that's right there at the top of my fucking resume. I want to take Dak Prescott, and the GM overruled me. Right, and now the Jeff general manager and me got fired. Shit rolls downhill. However, I got proof I wanted him. Okay, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the surprise move for me wasn't Denver. It was more uh, San Diego. You're moving your team, everything's going on, and you fire your coach? Yeah, but they've had two... I think three shit seasons in a row. Like that's just that's that's NFL coach math, isn't it? Even well, I think so because seasons Jeff, have a good one. Jeff Fisher got released as they went to LA. North, North Turner's been gone for a while. You know, this ain't the Chargers of the the mid two thousands, right? Maybe they took a look over at that fucking dumpster fire in the Rams camp and said, you know, when we move, we want to start over fresh. We don't want to have to fucking replace our head coach. Halfway through a fucking season, yeah. So let's just let's just since we're doing a complete move. I mean, are they going to do a rebranding? I don't know. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, so if if they're doing a complete you know rebranding from the top down, then that might make sense. But, but I mean, the same as Chris time, said, as Chris said <clears throat> they weren't doing anything, and that coach wasn't doing enough to really fucking be like, oh, you need to keep me. You're right. But now on that exact point. Can LA or Oakland Raiders go to Las Vegas after this season that they just had with Del Rio and Carr and Cooper and all them? Can they move? Yeah, do whatever the fucking owner wants. Well, you can. Regardless of the season they had. Well, you have to get approval from the Shield. Ultimately, you can't. Well, I mean, even if they got, I mean, shots. could. Oh man, I don't know if they could do that to those black. You think if they, yeah, well, you think if the Raiders are hemorrhaging money. Al Davis' son is going to go take a poll with the black hole on whether or not he thinks he should move the team? No, he's going to make the best business decision for the team. True. Because the black hole is going to tell him all to go fuck himself. But, I mean, if they're hemorrhaging money, if they haven't been making money for a while, I mean, it's... Yeah, because there has been... it's There's a whole lot of precedent with teams who have a rabid fan base, but for whatever reason, it's not enough to keep them running in the black. And them moving. Case in point, the Seattle Supersonics. There we go. I mean, they had a fucking rabid fan base, and they still moved that fucking team. You know, the Cleveland Browns, same thing. Yeah, dog pound. Yep. You know, if you want to go back even further. Baltimore Colts. Baltimore Colts, yeah. Okay. 
What about this, though? What if Rex Ryan ends up back in the Jets? Because there's a vacancy now. Bowles is gone. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, he, he's only been gone there for two seasons. And has any team ever done that? Have they ever brought back a guy they fired? But I'm saying, New it is Rex and Rob Ryan. New York Yankees with uh, Billy Martin. They brought him back yeah, multiple true. times. But that's, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Especially that quickly, with that quick of a turnaround. And Rex's problem is he ain't he ain't Bill Belichick. Rex is as only good as the players he has. When he had a decent Jets team, he did decent. When he had a shitty Jets team, he did shitty. He never had any excuse me, he never had anybody good in Buffalo except for Shady McCoy this year. Yeah, he had him last year, but he's injured the whole year. But Rex is only as good as what he's got. I think if he goes to Denver, he's a defensive coach, they're a defensive team. I think that's a good fit for Rex Ryan. I think he can finally get a Super Bowl ring if he goes to Denver. I'm going to live true to my name and the Iceman and let you know I called it. Fucking Jaguars fired the coach and won out. Okay, so they're going to keep the intern coach? I don't know if they're going to keep the intern coach, but I told you once they get a better coach, doesn't have to be this coach, but a better coach than what they had, they were going to do something, and they did. All right, well, okay, Iceman, use your great powers of, of, of perception into the future. Rex Ryan to Jacksonville. No, less miles. <laughs> Would you call beating uh, Tennessee with their second-string quarterback doing something? Yeah, I would, because the Jaguars hadn't done shit. I mean, they got the W, but, I mean, look who they got them against. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, it, you know, if, if one thing you if you could kind of maybe tie it into one knock, you could go against the pack is look how easy their last month was, you know, same kind of deal. Hey. Yeah. You won out. You, yeah. You won out. You played one good team your last month. You played Seattle. Hey, hey. hey. give them credit. They, they, they won six games to win out. That's true. But I'm he, saying he didn't call it. He didn't call it until after they won those, the first two though. So yeah, but you, ha- you have to agree their last month, a lot easier than the lions last month. As far as who they had to play, oh yeah, you know I'm just saying maybe maybe you got a little bit of that going on with the Jags. I'm not saying that, that they shouldn't have got rid of their coach, but you know the the Browns managed to put together two wins, right? <laughs> or no, did they only get one? No, they got one. Pittsburgh beat them in overtime with a field goal. Yeah, but who else is missing? Who else is missing a coach? The Eagles beat the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, with everybody sitting. And Romo played what? Once, one set. One series? One. Yeah. yeah. Not one series, just one set. He was out there and let him down to the touchdown. And, he was and then they put in, they put in the, Sanchez. Sanchez. <laughs> the Sanchez. The <laughs> Sanchez. The butt fumbler. And, 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 and uh, who was it? Dak and uh, who was with him? Was it, was it Elliot on the sideline going, yeah. what the See? fuck? Yeah, I just watched them with the looks on their face. They had the they had the gash face on the sideline openly. They were just like, yes. what? "What the fuck is if this guy doing?" Yeah, if you're an Eagles fan and you know you got a little bit of hope for next year off of that win, come on, you you played half of the Dallas Cowboys. You you didn't play the whole. You didn't play the Dallas. Yeah, you didn't play the Dallas you Cowboys. The Cowboys. Cowboys. The yeah, you played the Pop Warner Cowboys. <laughs> Speaking of interviews and everything, Romo got asked, "Did you learn anything?" 
Yeah, I learned him going to Houston. That's what he learned. <laughs> oh, what a fucking week, man. No, and now we got the tired, every head coach fired. Yeah, 32 teams. There's six head coach vacancies. Back to college football for a minute. Did you guys hear about uh, the uh, offensive coordinator issue? Be vague. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Specifics, Earl. Um, um, I can't think of his name. Lane Kiffin? Uh, Lane Kiffin got a head coaching job on the West Coast. And oh, you got to get with Florida. Uh, our, yeah, Florida AAU. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Nick Saban said, okay, you're not coaching this uh, national championship game. Well, I, I'm Took a, shocked by that. I read Took it was mutual. Uh, it was, it was kind of mutual. You know, Nick Saban came up and said, uh, yeah, we're going to transfer it to this because you're, you're too distracted. And he said, yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to run plays for, for coming up game. And then I got a meeting with so-and-so and I got a dinner with so-and-so and then I got to do this play and – I gotta, yeah, it was just too much, so I agree with the call. Yeah, I saw a little uh, article where he said, <laughs> "Boy, it was it was it was a, it was a lot more work than I thought it would be to to still be the OC and head coach at the same time." And yep. I'm just like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're Monty Kiffin's son, okay? You know better than that, all right? You just there's more to that story than than we know about as far as what they've released." Because Lane Kiffin basically took that job as the head coach because it was the only fucking school that gave him that job. And he went from what? Being the head coach of Tennessee a couple years ago, being the hot, the, the new hotness to, to this. I mean, a team whose sole claim to fame is a brawl they had on field at the Orange Bowl with the fucking U. That's it. I mean, that'd be like fucking going from being John Gruden pre-Buccaneers to, you know, he gets fired from the Raiders and he's now coaching, head, you know, he's the head football coach at uh, Eastern Michigan. Well, big fucking deal, you know. That's, you're telling me that's a step forward? That's not even a lateral move. Can we get well, an over-under on how many of these head coaching jobs Gruden will be mentioned for? All oh of them. Oh, God, all of them. Speaking they, of that, they... Power, they f- Dungy. Right. be in the mix, right? But, you know, I think fight. Dungy, I think Dungy they've given up on. Yeah, Tony's a little too old now. Yeah, I think for the most part, except for the hardcore people who really just want to see him coach again, the majority of, of sports reporters know that that's asinine to even bring his name up as far as a head coaching position at this point. But with that, the Bills fired Rex Ryan and then lose to the Jets 10-30. to 10-30. to 30. Golly. The busted-ass Jets. Ooh. One, wasn't it their fourth win of the season or their third? I don't even know, man, but it's, no. It's the Jets. Come on, man. Woo, 10 to 30 against the Jets? That's not taking a step back. That's taking a freight train backwards. Well, I mean, you could, you could, that's karma. Getting even for Rex, you could argue. Well, it makes a fabulous argument to hire Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan, don't it? But the Bills ain't got shit. Like that's You're right. I, Bills didn't have shit, but they still beat the Pats and the Jets, and everybody. You know, they didn't do her- terrible with Rob and Rex. They Tyrod sucks. Shady's fucking. 
when he's healthy, he's great, but that Shady's got a durability problem. Sammy Watkins, I don't know why the fuck that guy's still even in the NFL. Like, he can't stay healthy. Like, just who do the Bills have? Their biggest name was their coach. And they still beat the Pats. I mean, I guess you could argue that every once in a while they can trot out Jim Kelly and what's left of his jaw after the cancer. I mean, right? They can go, hey, look. Remember when we were the boy, I love losing Super Bowl team? But, too, I'll I'll argue with you, Earl, that that wasn't the Bills beating the Pats. That was Rex beating Belichick. Because if you watch them, if you'd watch those two when Rex was at the Jets, every now and then Rex would get Belichick's number. I think, I think, as is, is, is cliche as this is to say, I think Rex Ryan loves coaching against Bill Belichick. And I think in his mind, I don't know if Belichick is so much, because who, who, who can tell? Reading Bill Belichick's like reading paint on a wall. Who knows half the time? But. I think Rex Ryan sees it as a chess match, and it brings out the best in him. And, I mean, he doesn't win all the time, but he does win enough to where we're talking about it. Yeah, he's beat the Pats at home. He's beat the Pats in the playoffs. Like, he, every now and then, Rex finds fucking Belichick's fucking, his one weakness, and he exploits it. Like, he, that's, I think you're right, Rich. It's one of those guys that every, every, Every competitor's got that one competitor that'll bring out the best in him, and I think with Rex, it's Belichick. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and I don't think it was any coincidence that he went to a team in the NFC North after he left the Jets. The thing is, now, there's no teams left for him to go to in the NFC North. So where does he go? And, you know, to double back on the point, you know, Denver was brought up. It does make a lot of sense. Denver still has enough in the tank to make, and, and the window's still open for them to make at least one or two more runs before they have to go into rebuilding mode. So, and and what are they doing it with? Their defense. And that kind of fits Rex Ryan. Down and dirty football. So. That's the home I see making the most sense for him. But you we'll know, see. Supposedly Coughlin might end up back at the Jags. <laughs> where he interviewed for him, I think, last week. Which, he was their first coach ever, wasn't he? Uh, God, I, I I can't even tell you, dude. Can't even tell you. But uh, should we t- should we talk about the playoffs now? Lions are in. Yeah, oh, so we're not even we're not even going to bring up the fact that Steve Smith retired. I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He, he didn't make a big deal of it. <laughs> I know, but it, it, I just want to point out something. How small is that guy compared to most fucking receivers? Tiny. I mean, think, think about it. That is not a big man. That is not a big man for working at Ford, let alone playing in the NFL. And that guy had arguably a whole lot of heart for 16 complete seasons. And his, I mean, that's a case I think his body is given out, not his heart. I think if he was still physically able to play, he would do it. So, yeah, almost to the side. He's a hell of a receiver, man. Quick as shit, man. And believe me, that's that's not something that comes easy because you know he he played against my Bucks an awful lot of those sixteen seasons. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't exactly a big fan of his on certain Sundays. Let's put it that way. But I could never take you know any disrespect away from the guy. I mean, that was a tough little son of a bitch out there. Yeah, when he played in Carolina, man, he he was quick, fast little bastard. I mean, to me, it's just I, it's kind of. You're right, Earl. He didn't make a big deal about it. 
And I actually like the way he did it. Because he has it, it's kind of, I mean, it's there, but it's it's yeah, kind of under the radar. You know what I'm saying? He didn't go out on like a uh, uh, Michael Strahan style. Well, you know what I'm the, saying? The way he put it is it wasn't like a Kobe thing where he had to get all the passes and all the shots and make a big deal of his last game. He I mean, I guess it. he played it and he loved it and he's done. I mean, I guess the, the only question left is, does, does he end up wearing the gold jacket in Canton one day? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think how he retired was kind of like his career. You know, he, he was kind of always one of those under-the-radar guys. Like uh, I, I can tell you this, it won't be a first ballot if he makes it. Like, he wasn't, I guess, I guess he wasn't a go-to playmaker. He was a playmaker, but he wasn't, like, your go-to guy, I guess. Yeah, he was the, the guy on the team. Yeah, he was. He's, he's always been. He's always been that under the radar guy. Yeah. And I just, okay. And and I don't think under the radar guys get into the hall. But Rich, with that with that question, you bring up a, a very good question that I have. Who the hell is the MVP of the NFL t- this year? I I not even going with Matt Stafford. Z. But hang on, it it's how do you measure it though? Because There's a lot of fucking weird stats to see. First of all, the most accurate passer in the history of keeping that stat came out of fucking Minnesota this year, okay? Drew Brees quietly had a uh, uh, 5,000-yard season. I mean, it's what are you going to go by, pure wins? Mm -mm. Are you going to go by, you know, passing yards? Are you going to go by touchdowns? Are you going to go by, I mean, Brady? The Pats played more quarterbacks and they threw interceptions all season think about that they played three quarterbacks this season only threw two interceptions i mean it's just it's it's a it's a weird season because usually it's the guy with the best stats on the best team you can't really boil it down to that this season no because i'm looking at Derek carr see what about antonio brown what about Le'Veon bell no because they still won without them yeah but they they, look at their look at their performances we're well, talking asked. about yeah, kind of everything's can... out the window. I mean, Bell is the best rusher. Bell took the first. Bell had the first month of the season off and is arguably probably the best rusher in the league this year. Well, Tom Brady had the first three se- weeks off. Four. First four weeks off, and look what he did. Yeah, that's what I mean. But at the same point, now Pat's won without Brady. Exactly, so, and if the you... Oakland Raiders can't win without Derek Carr, he broke and... his leg. They lose. And I, just to throw it out there, kind of kind of a callback to what we were talking about earlier with preseason rankings in the Block M, you can't count out Rodgers in the running just because of who he plays for. And the fact that he's he, he actually, on that Monday night game, did he, I can't, I can't remember, did he pass or did he just tie for the uh, season high touchdowns? No, it's his. Okay, his and his alone. Oh, so did, did he get seven? He got eight. Eight? Yeah. The, wasn't the number six before? I think it was seven, and then he passed it. And and as much as I hate to admit it, Rodgers is a very good candidate because who does he have? He has Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. That's Randall it. Randall Cobb. No, Randall Cobb didn't play. What, on Monday? Right. Well, yeah, but he played the rest of the year. Right, but he didn't play on Monday, and he still won. Uh, no, I think you I think you can make a strong case for Zeke, man. I, first of all, Dallas hasn't had a running game since Emmett Smith. 
And I think if Zeke doesn't play, I don't think the Cowboys have the record they have. Well, well you, there's no doubt in my mind those two rookies are the reason the Dallas Cowboys have won, Dak and Zeke. Because who are you going to stop? Zeke? Okay, Dak's going to run and or throw it. All right, so you're going to stop Dak. All right, so hand it off to Zeke. I can see uh, something like Zeke I, winning. I can see something because of the NFL being quarterback fuckers like they are. You know, they, they love to fuck the quarterbacks. Uh, I can see Zeke getting rookie of the year and Dak getting MVP. Or or I could see him doing this and, and doing a co-MVP with Dak and Zeke. Because that's America's team. And they'll take it. Well, I mean... I, has it ever been done? I, I don't know enough about MVP NFL history to know if it's ever been a co-MVP. I don't know. It's been done in baseball. It was done this year in baseball with the Cubs. But at the same time, though, I mean, yeah, Dak and Zeke, but there's just so much. And you, and you got to it, – it really boils down to how do you define – most valuable player of the league. Do you define that by their performance? Do you find it by winning percentage? Do you define it that, if, like Derek Carr, if he's out, they're not winning, regardless what their defense and, and rest of their offense does? So where where's the line? What do, you, what do you see as important and most valuable? Do you look at Aaron Rodgers going, relax, and then come back and go, well, I, you know, I believe we're about to run the table and get in the playoffs. And then he does it at... With or without his receivers, with a receiver converted to a running back, I mean, I think it's got to be a combination of stats and how valuable you are to your team. At that point, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, because because I mean, Derek Carr, you could argue Carr is valuable to the team, but he doesn't have the stats. He had a good season, best season of his career, but this quarterback's with way better numbers than him this year. Right. Now, my argument for Zeke is give me a running back with better numbers than him this year. I'll give you Le'Veon Bell if he plays a full season. Yeah, I have and, to say, and, yeah. if, and if Zeke doesn't play, if Zeke, if Zeke doesn't play, man, I don't, I don't see the Cowboys fourteen and two. They just they all of a sudden have a dominant running game that they haven't had since we all had you know since hair was new to our balls. All right, in the Emmitt Smith years. I mean, I, ultimately, no matter what, it's a good problem for the NFL to have because they're, it's too it's it's you know. If they're picking from, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Zeke, Dak, whatever, it's two other flagship franchises. You know, this is this is what they want. This is they they guaranteed sales. Jersey sales are going to go up no matter what. You know, it's not some dark horse from fucking Jacksonville. You know, who won the MVP? You know, and and they're like, oh shit, here we go. You know. And for all the talk over last season about how Cam Newton is the new face of the NFL, I don't think the NFL wanted him as the as the, as the face of, the, of of that game. Not now. Now he's like LeBron James. Okay, I, I think he he for whatever reason left a bad taste in the NFL's mouth. The NFL is more than happy to have someone like Zeke or Dak be the new face of the of the young NFL. Cam Newton fucked himself after the Super Bowl last year. That's probably when the NFL made that decision. Well, not just after that. Then he went and wrecked his truck and cries every time he gets hit. And Yeah, no. That's not NFL material. That's one thing I, you know, if that is the case, I'll give the NFL credit because at least they're not trying to shove that shit down the fans' throats 
like you know the NHL does with you know their little golden boy Sydney, and you know they, whether whether facts, stats, or you know fans' opinion are are opposed, you know, are against them shoving him down the fans' throats. That's who they shove down the fans' throats. The NFL, you know, they're gonna. They seem- they seem to have the attitude of like, all right, you're gonna act like a little bitch. Well, we have a draft every April. Exactly. The NFL knows that you know, <laughs> among other things, you know, the NFL can stand for not for long if you don't play ball. And ultimately, the NFL is going to protect that shield. And there's no player bigger than that shield. They've they've set they've rigged the game to be that way. And I think Cam Newton got a little too got a little too ahead of himself there. And the NFL is like, eh, don't think so, dude. Sorry, there'll be there'll be another one year wonder to come down the pipe here anytime soon. Yeah, because definitely different kind of season for Carolina this year. So playoffs. Oh, I guess we're, we're kind of already talking about the playoffs, but I mean they start Saturday. You know, we got. Uh, should we talk about the home team matchup first? Just get it out of the way. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll go ahead and talk about them. Um, it's the matchup you wanted, Earl. No, nope, no. Nope. You said uh, it on the last. You said it on the last episode. Yeah, you're right. It is my matchup that I wanted, but at the same time, they're not ready. They're not ready. Um, to be I, fair, I don't know they're not ready for the other three teams either, or the other two teams either. I mean, they're, 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 they. I don't see anyone who made the playoffs in the NFC. I do not see the Lions beating any one of those teams. Yeah, and uh, that's what I mean. They're not ready for the playoffs, period. And I, I'm very disappointed to say that. I'm going to support them as far as they go, but they're not ready. Well, against very... Seattle, you need to run the ball. Unless Zenner has a career game, man, we're done. Because even without Earl Thomas, the Legion of Boom is not going to let us throw the ball. Yeah. The bottom line. Any, any team who's beat Seattle this year has beat them on the ground. But at the same time, though, Zach Zenner, ooh, that's just a hard nose running. Yeah, but he showed flashes of this before. The, the thing, the, the knock against him was that he's not an every down back and he's not a game in, game out back that can do this. Yeah, he's got to be consistent. You know, you can't just you can't just show this kind of performance and burst. You got to do it every. You got to do a consistency consistently. That's how you stick around the NFL. That's how you keep making the team. That's how you keep making plays. And it's I know got to be were, consistent. And I know that that you you had already moved by the time. The hype train started with him because, believe it or not, the hype train started up a ways back with Zenner, um, and a lot of it was uh, attributed to the fact that he's a white running back. And there was there was a lot of squabbling back and forth in the local sports media up here about that. To where if this was not a white running back, no one would be as excited as they are about him. And no, so, I, I get that, but I never looked at him as a white running back. I uh, I actually thought he should have been a fullback because he reminds me a shit ton of Mike Allstott. He doesn't care what defense he's running against, who's the big star on the defense. He's just running, man. You hit him, okay, I'm still run. If you tackle him, all right, I'll get you next time. And he just takes the ball and runs. It's just a hard-hitting, nonstop runner. It's funny you should bring that up because that was one of the people that that his detractors up here were comparing him to, and they were saying Mike Allstott, basically to, to paraphrase, they were saying Mike Allstott wasn't shit. 
The only reason Mike Allstott got the love he did is because he was white and because his ratings were so high in Madden. Oh, bullshit. He fucking was the lead blocker for work done. And one of and the only thing I could come back with is when I got into this discussion with a coworker and he brought up Allstott, I said, Well, I'll tell you what, Mike Allstott's my favorite all time football player. But I'll say this Lorenzo Neal is a better fullback than he ever was. I have no problem saying that. Now tell me now now tell well, me that the Lorenzo Neal. Well, I mean if I, we're gonna go from Ladanian Tomlinson. I, if we're gonna just go off of fullbacks and start talking, sorry, but most of my fullbacks I'm gonna talk to you about are white. And it's not because they're white. That's just because they were mean sons of bitches. I'll talk to you about Rathman from 49ers, uh, Moose Johnson from Dallas Cowboys. You know, I, I, I could do this shit all day. But, it, I mean, you know, I'm not going to play the race back and forth, and it has to be black or white. I'll just tell you the names. You can look up the stats, and you have no argument, sir. So that's how I'm I'd right. answer them. I mean, I'm with you. I'm just saying it's funny that you brought up All-Star of all people. I mean, because that that was the knock against up here in the local sports media. That's what that's what it was, and and it basically whether or not you bought into it was based on if you see th- if you want to see things through race or if you just want to see hey look I don't give a shit put the best player out there I don't give a fuck what color he you know he is so I, again it I I am colorblind. I guess, when it comes to shit like that. Because I'm not talking about his race. I'm talking about a kid getting handed the ball and running. And if he gets it, he continues to run until he's tackled. You know, I talk about Barry Sanders a lot. He's black, but you couldn't tackle him. I've watched him make eight professional fucking tacklers miss in one shot. And I watched the other nine, number nine, of the 11 that were out there, stop, look, put his hands up, like, where'd he go? And he's running behind him. Well, that's the thing. You're also talking about two backs of two complete different styles. You're talking about Sanders, who was an elusive back, and then you're talking about Zenner, who's more of a power back. He is a power back. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited about him because the kid's got heart. The kid has no quit in him. He understands he's white. He understands he's little, but he understands that he could take a hit and keep running, so he knows what he's got to compete with. And I, you know, and I personally don't care if he's white, black, Chinese. the The kid can run. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation off onto, you know, some some bullshit, some race bullshit. But like I said, it's just something that had been brought up here. Whatever his name had been brought up when the hype train started up for him back, at, you know, a ways ago. So. Um, but I mean, getting back to uh, getting back to Detroit versus anybody in the playoffs, I got to agree with Chris. I don't see anybody in the NFC they could beat, and I think this props up Caldwell as the worst quote the quote, the quote unquote good coach who's going to keep his job. And ultimately, this is going to hurt the Lions in the long run because they can't rebuild through free agency, those days are gone. They ha- you have to do it through the draft these days. And they're, they're, if they start playing the Red Wings game that the Wings have been playing the last 10 years, which is we're just good enough to get in the playoffs, that means lower and lower draft picks. And the Lions are already suspect with their picks. And then when you add a lower draft pick versus a higher one, the chances of them making the wrong decision go up 
quite a bit. And I just think that this buy is called, well, at least two more years because now he can say two out of three years I took you to the playoffs. But ultimately, what the fuck did they do in the playoffs? Because if we're sitting here next week at this time, we're talking about a Lions victory, I'll be the first one to eat that fucking crow. And, but I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd put a lot of money down. We won't be talking about a Lions victory next week. I did have a thought today, and Earl, you would appreciate this. Is this quietly the best Lions team of our lifetime? Because three out of the last five years, they've went to the playoffs. That has never happened in our lifetime until this year. Uh, well, you're talking about this, this stretch? Yeah. Like, I, I Caldwell, have... After three seasons, Caldwell has to be the best coach of our lifetime record-wise. Well, I mean, they've, they've made it, what, three of the last six seasons? Is it at five? Because was it 2011? When we played the Saints? 2011, Saints. 2014, they made it. And in 2016. Yeah. So 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, so, so yeah. Three of the last six seasons, they've they've made the playoffs. But my my thing is, here's... here's I know Cocaine thing. Wayne didn't do that. I know Bobby <laughs> Ross sure shit didn't do that. Here's my thing. It's not just enough to get there. you got to do something when you get there. And I haven't seen, once again, forward progress. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, is this quietly just the best Lions team of our I mean, at least Barry won one. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, and I would say of the last, easily the last 20 years, this is the best stretch of Lions football I've seen. I don't know if I could go during our lifetime just because, you know, early you had a good point. Barry, at least, and them guys actually won a playoff game. And, and not for nothing, I don't see what I need to see from the Lions to say that they're going to win a, a playoff game this year. I didn't care whether they played the Giants or Seattle. I don't care if the Seahawks are healthy or, or hurt. Um, I, and I hate saying it. I'm going to still pick them. They're, they're my team, period, and a file. But I know that I'm picking for the loss, and that's okay. They're just not ready yet. You know, that you need that drop, Chris. Ooh no, he wasn't ready. Yeah, that's you know that's the Lions right now. You know, it, it just. But Chris brings up a good point. This is a in the NFL you get you get windows to make runs, and this has been a window that's been in in retrospect open for six seasons now for him. And if history tells us anything, that window is going to get closed very sooner rather than later so they better do something and this is why i say them making the playoffs this year props them up as better than they actually are especially when it comes to caldwell especially when it comes to getting a chance to try to build to keep the window open because they like okay look at they really have no running game zenner hasn't proved that he can do it for a season if he does then we'll eat our words. Defensive line is nowhere near what it used to be. <laughs> when Slay is out, they're fucked. I mean... Oh, we need corners and backs. Like, whoa. Exactly. You know, I thought Quinn was going to be amazing. He's not. You know, Lewis Delmas wasn't the fastest guy, but he would hit you, at least. You know what I'm saying? He I mean, would Whitehead, fight you and hit you. Whitehead is healthy. Whitehead's proven to be a much better linebacker than anybody gave him credit for, but we found well, that yeah, out. Yeah, because he used to be on the practice squad. We found that out through necessity. Right. When, uh, uh, it's not like he was the first choice to go out there. No, DeAndre Levy was, and then he got hurt. And then they put Whitehead in and said, oh, wait a minute. 
<laughs> it's not just a practice squad thing. He can really play. Exactly. So, I mean, they've kind of, you know, backed into the position they're in. I mean, let's be honest here. Not a, not a lot of this team is by design at this point. And so if it's not by design and a lot of it's just shit happened and the pieces fell where they fell, you can't count on dumb luck to, to get you to a Super Bowl. This isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't Madden. This isn't a video game. You know, this is, you're going against franchises who are built for this shit. <laughs> you know, Caldwell makes bad moves. Was it the Houston I'm, game? Where, what was, I, 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 we talked about it. Caldwell did something during the Houston game where he's like, is this Madden? <laughs> well, I forget what it was. Morning waking. They shouldn't pull a morning wig and give him the win. Yeah, all right. Marty will never live that shit down. And he shouldn't. <laughs> I took the win. I gave him the ball. What? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, realize this isn't college football, right? You don't each get a chance to score, right? You realize that? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I, I hope. I hoped. And I, I called this last week. They had three strikes, and they struck out all three of them. Sure uh, did. We were saved. We were saved by Mister. You like that? Yeah, I wonder if Jim Caldwell sent the Redskins a fucking uh, edible arrangement. I was going to say, yeah, that's that's right there. All you need to know, the fact that you know they owe them themselves getting into the playoffs to another team's fuck up more than than their own ability, and. To, to to my credit, my Lions fans, friends, have not been talking shit because I think they see what's coming down the road and they're like, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. And there's going to be no way to, to, to spin this as, well, uh, we did our best. Because, I mean, they, the last three games, they got exposed, man. It's well, all here, here's my, here's Every time Stafford problem. throws the ball, Sherman's just going to be there fucking... Just knocking them down, man. It, it's not Sherman. It's not Dallas, Giants, Roger. It's not that at all. It's the Lions in and of themselves. And I saw it uh, this week when they played Green Bay. I don't know why. I, their playing style, they had a plan, used the rope-a-dope theory, whatever. But there is no sense of determination or urgency on the Lions, on both sides of the ball, until they hit the last half of the fourth quarter. There is no way that Matt Stafford can get under center with two minutes and lead him all the way down the field and score, but he can't do it the rest of the game. I don't know if it's a conditioned issue, if they're not built for it. Like, if if they run that way the entire game, they'll be gassed in the fourth quarter. I don't know what it is, but I saw it, and, and we've seen it throughout the season, you know, the all the comebacks and Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. Yeah, he is. But why isn't he doing that all four quarters? It goes back to that, that, that word that gets thrown around. It has a lot of intangibles attached to it. And that word is the culture in the locker room. I don't think those guys believe they're a Super Bowl caliber team. I believe they talk the talk because they, they, they come from the school of fake it till you make it. The kid rock school of being a rock star. But ultimately, they know they don't belong on that on that fucking stage. And I think too, you still got some stink of milling on that team. Qu- 
Quinn's only been there, what, two years? You're going to undo a decade of milling in two years? No. That's the other thing. You're not. This goes back to what I was saying. Quinn isn't going to be able to rebuild it. He wants to rebuild that team in the image that he has in his mind. And this is putting him off. And Martha Ford, who's running that team, remember her press conference? We love Jim Caldwell. Those were her exact words. So Quinn, I would I would argue that Quinn's head's on a chopping block more than Caldwell is at this point. But it, it, his hands are tied because you got a team that keeps, you know, dumbass in its way into the playoffs every other year. I mean, granted it's, granted, it's not every other year, but damn close to it. And then doing what? Shit in the bed once they're there. So they just, I, I, like I said, I think it's a condition issue, like a physical condition. Like if the defense and offense ran the way they do in the later of the fourth quarter throughout the whole game, they would be completely gassed by come fourth quarter. I don't think they have the condition physically, the physical conditioning to play all four quarters. Because there's no way that you can't score on the Green Bay Packers and watch them pull away from you. And then in the fourth quarter, come out there, get under center, and vroom, everybody's catching, everybody's running, and we're lining up under the ball, we're going no huddle, and Packers are what the fuck ends, they don't know what's going on, and the ball's flying everywhere. You can't do that in the fourth quarter and tell me that you can't do that in the first quarter. There's no, and, and I watched it, and I, I watched it very specifically for that reason, they don't have a killer mentality. They don't have determination, a sense of urgency, a sense of we can score and we know it when they come out start the game. It isn't till late in the fourth quarter when they're like, fuck, we got to score, hurry up. And then that sense of urgency and the killer instinct and we're going to do this no matter what and get up there and here we go. It, it only comes out in the later fourth quarter. They don't carry it onto the field when they first get there. Rodgers has it. The Green Bay Packers as a whole has it. Fucking Dallas definitely has it. The Raiders have it. I mean, all the powerhouse teams have it. All the playoff teams have it. You know, it, it's the other job's team to stop them. But Detroit comes out, and they're just like, all right, here we are. Let's play. All right, you're going to score. All right, here we go. Oh, we're three and out. And that that's how it happens the whole fucking game. Then you get to the later fourth quarter, they're like, oh, fuck, game time. Forgot. Get up there. Let's go. Run, run, run. And I also wonder how much of the fire under their ass is put out with Washington losing. No, I can't do that. I wanted to do that. I wanted to say that very thing. You know, pull the starters. Hey, we're already in the playoffs. Let's wait. But that's not true. Because then I have to tell you about the Giants game, the Dallas Cowboys game. Yeah, but the Lions are neither of these teams. But the Lions had chances to secure the division by beating these teams. Oh, no, I agree. But I'm just saying on on Sunday night, I'm what no. you think of the fire under their ass Not. was maybe extinguished a little bit with Washington losing. Like, hey, we're in the playoffs. I, none. Let's play I, hard. I, Let's not. The, the Detroit Lions hasn't won a division since 1993. Hasn't had a home playoff game since then. Since 93. We, okay. had, three, we had three shots at it with New York, Dallas, and at home with the Green Bay Packers and couldn't get it done. So I'm not going to take, uh, A, we're in the playoffs, let's just coast and, and say that's an excuse. I told you, they're my boys, win or lose, and they are, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. They're not ready to win. 
and they don't get ready until the fourth quarter and they're losing. I don't know why. I think it's a condition issue. I really do. The, if they play that level through four quarters, they'll be gassed and they're going to lose anyway. So they're trying the rope-a-dope method of take it easy until it counts. I think I think you hit on it. You, you call it a conditioning issue. I call it a lack of a sense of urgency. And I've seen it. You can see when a team's playing with a sense of urgency and when they're not. You know, and I, I totally agree with you. It's I, I would say that more than conditioning. That's just me. That's what I see. You know, when I see it in other sports with uh, with other teams, you know, I, I recognize it immediately, and I'm like, okay. Well, obviously, it's something, once again, that goes back to there's something in the culture that's part of the intangible, you know? It's just, for whatever reason, these guys don't play the first, you know, three and a half quarters the way they play the last half of the fourth quarter. And, and, I, I, and the reason, I, Rich, the reason I say that it's conditioning is because if you watch NBA or even NHL, if, the, if it's a condition issue, like Shaq never ran the full court every time until it counted. Because if he did, that big motherfucker would fall over and die. You'll yeah, see it on the, out. Right. You'd see it in the NHL too. The top scorers sit back by the blue line every a lot of the time when they're not conditioned to skate the full length of the ice. And then they take that pass, hope it's an outlet pass and try to go score because they don't have the condition to run the full length of the ice. I honestly think the Detroit Lions haven't, conditioned enough worked hard enough to play four quarters of football at a hundred percent well if if that's the truth that speaks to their head coach that's on him that's you can't put that a hundred percent you can't put that in anybody else's feet because even if you got lazy players well then you know what you get rid of those players because if 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 the if <clears throat> even if half the team's like man i don't want to do this shit as the head coach, it's your job to either motivate them or find someone who wants to do this shit. Before Endemic and Sue came to Detroit, we had two defensive tackles, okay? Even after Endemic and Sue, two defensive tackles. Sean Rogers, remember him? Mm-hmm. And yeah, big Nick baby. Fairley. And Nick Fairley. They would play maybe one to three snaps. Was it Fairley drafted after Sue? Yes. Yeah, he was. And, but they would play one to three snaps. And after that, they would be sitting on the sideline and sometimes they'd pan on them and they'd be wearing an oxygen mask. Because at that point, the defense was playing at a very high level all game. Offense, not so much, you know, trying to get it to Calvin every now and again, get those numbers up and shit. But the defense, high level all the time, high octane line. Because you had, uh, uh, oh, what the fuck is his name? Kyle Vandenbosch at the end. Yeah. Sue, Fairley. And uh, Cliff Averill at the other end. I mean, come on, man. They were running every down. And Nick Fairley couldn't keep up. And his big fat ass was sitting on the sideline with an oxygen mask. Same thing with Sean Rogers. Same thing. He'd play three, four plays. Then he'd be on the sideline. And then that's when they would dig us for a big run. You know, the Lions can't stop the run. No, because our run stoppers on the fucking sideline gassed. And I really think after watching these last few weeks of football with the Lions, love them to death, but a spade is a spade. They don't have what it takes to play at 100% for four quarters of football because they don't do it. They have it. You see it. You see it. They, they talked about it. All the fourth quarters, comebacks, they can do it. But why can't they do it for four quarters? 
if you can do it here, then you can't tell me it's because of Rodgers or Eli or, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. or Zeke or Dak. You can't tell me it's that because you've done it in the fourth quarter. It, it just wasn't enough in the fourth quarter. You ran out of fucking time. You know, I hate to say this, but what I'm going to love after this weekend is outside of recapping the games, we're done talking about the Lions for this season. And I'm not saying that in a smart-ass way. It's just because of the nature of where we're from, we, we focus so much on this team, and it's just like, it's tiresome. Like, I'm glad, I, I have compassion and empathy for the beat writers who have to follow this team every single day. Okay, stop it, because after this, I'm following the Pistons. I'm just saying, it takes it out of me. <laughs> it takes it out of me. Like, because it's just, every week, it's the same shit. And we can only rewrap it and represent it in so many different ways. And here's the deal. If we see it, and hundreds of other people who cover this team see it, then that means these these it, people in this organization have to be self-aware to, to see it themselves. Yet it never changes. It's always the same. Because like Aaron's, or Aaron, like Chris says, it's all about putting you know asses in the seats and making that money. And if they make the playoffs three out of six years... That's 50%. There's jersey sales. There's asses in seats. You're watching the team. They don't need to be any better than that, bro. Because well, the problem with the Lions, problem with the Lions is the seats will always be full regardless of the product. That's, yep. That's the fans' fault. Like, you know, even even in the paper bag days, it was fucking there's still people in the seats. Yep. But, so wearing their, wearing their papers is the owner's fault. The owner's not making the people buy tickets and go to the games. No one's forcing the money. No, no one's forcing these people to buy tickets. They're still well, showing up with their own free will. Right. It's as much our fault as it is the owner's fault that this continues. Yep. And uh, we're near the three-hour mark, guys. So I guess let's just roll into the picks. I mean, I guess let's start with the, the first game we, we were talking about here. <laughs> Lions and Seahawks. It's the second game of the day, but it's our home team, goddammit. So we're seeing it first. How did we finish the season, Chris? Dude, you won. Did you go 0 and 16 last week? <laughs> Close. <laughs> then, you, then you, then you won. Like, <laughs> unless you won 0 and 16 and Rich went 16 and 0, you won. I'll there crunch the numbers. Even get into it. <laughs> when I get back to my laptop, I'll, I'll crunch the numbers when I'm back in the studio next week. But yeah, dude, you won. So if you want to pick the order, we'll go in here for our, our big four games <laughs> this weekend. No, I, I, I'll go ahead. Chris, Rich, and me. Uh, uh, Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks are at home. We just did an hour about how much the Lions are not ready for this. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing left to be said, Seahawks. I, it's my boys. I got to go, Lions. Got to. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. All right, now, this next game, two weeks ago, this is a slam dunk. It's the first game of the wildcard game, the AFC wildcard on Saturday. But now, man, flip a coin. Raiders at the Texans. I told, hey, by the way, you're talking about calling shit? Chiefs won that division. Just saying. But continue. <laughs> oh, wait, I go first. Oh, Jesus. I like the Raiders' offensive weapons better than the Texans, even though Derek Carr's out. Give me the Raiders. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's tough luck that Derek Carr is out for the Raiders, 
but the Texans are nowhere near the Chiefs or any any place close to that. Yeah, Texans are out. Give me I mean, the Raiders. the Raiders Raiders will get their one right, and then they'll oh, lose I, next round I, I, the Chiefs. I so don't see them going out to the Texans. Not to the Texans. Yeah. And then Sunday, one o'clock game, AFC Wild Card. Steelers at Dolphins. I mean, I know the Dolphins are ten and six, and the Steelers are ten and five. It's like a one-game difference. But look at the two teams play. I think the Steelers are going to run away with this one. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Steelers, and to me, the Steelers are one of the few teams that once you get them in the playoffs, home field advantage is nice, but it's not something they need to win because they've done it without it before. Um, and as much as we talked about the culture of losing. In, in the Lions locker room that's a culture of winning in the Steelers locker room I feel like that they can I think they're one of those teams that feel like that, that they have a shot against any team they go up against at any point so yeah give me the Steelers over the over the fins alright the afternoon game Sunday oh, 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 oh. oh whoa, whoa, Earl damn it yeah sorry couldn't have myself I'm tired my bad <laughs> all I'm, all I'm going to say is, it, if you're going to watch any of the playoff games this week, watch this one. This is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, the Fish quietly have developed a huge running game. And, uh, you know, the defense isn't terrible, as it shouldn't be. You know, Cameron Wake, it's the Damakatsu, and I can go on, but that's enough. It's going to be a great game. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, but give me Pittsburgh. Oh, shit. Pennsylvania. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, so next up, Lambeau Field, Giants at the Packers. I mean, once again, I'm, I'm going to pretty much kind of give the same synopsis I just did. Uh, I know the Giants are 11-5 and the Packers are 10-6, and uh, but I just, I've just i been more impressed with what I've seen on the field this year from the Packers. Their little four-game slide notwithstanding. I mean, yes, the Giants are the Cowboy Killers, I, but once again, you can't stop momentum, and that's what the Packers have got, man. Uh, you know, Rogers' balls dropped in the middle of the season. I mean, he's now the big dick swinging in the room. <laughs> Give me the Pack, man. It just—they're at Lambeau. I don't see this Giants team beating the Pack. This is my rough one. This is my real rough one. Uh... Giants have been giant killers in the past, man. And, I, I mean, this year they, they, they took down the best in the NFC twice. But, I mean, if the Giants were at home, I'd pick them. But I'm going to go with the pack at home over the Giants. Yeah, uh, this is going. they're basically the same team. Packers and, and the Giants are basically the same team. There's one thing that's different, and that's their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is better than Eli Manning. That's just, that's it. Their defenses are great. Their receiving core is great. What's different? The quarterback. And Eli Manning, lucky he has two Super Bowls. Lucky. But uh, he ain't getting lucky in Lambeau. Give me the pack. All right. So do, do we want to pick the, the national championship game while we're at it? Sure, we why not? Pick Alab- no. Just- no, Alabama. No, I don't you don't want to no because that's gonna that's gonna be a what the fuckings man I really think Clemson's gonna give them a run Clemson has been aching for this game for a fucking year 
They wanted Alabama the night they lost to them. You talk about chips, Chris. This chip, they have a whole bag chilling, and it, it's going to be struggling to watch this game. I, I, I don't know that Alabama's ready. I don't know that they're hungry. I know, you know, Nick Saban's like mini Bel Belichick, and he's like a whiz, and he might be able to outcoach them, but just th- to watch what Clemson did to Ohio State and didn't even blink, man. Them boys. I know, man, but I mean, we've talked about New England and how it's a system there. I mean, I think you can argue the one school in college where there is a system is Bama, man. Like, I, I totally agree with you. That is the end-all, be-all at college. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I do. But this is a revenge game, my friend. I mean, in the last decade, unless you're LSU or Auburn, who's fucking with Bama, really? I, dude, I got I. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Clemson. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Chris. I got Bama. Hey, fucking at least uh, at least we finally got to a game where we all don't agree on. <laughs> I know, right? I I got I got to pick Clemson. I just the the chip they're carrying, the weight, the the anger, the fact that the coach looked at them last this week and said, "Could you play four quarters of defense for me?" And they did. And shut out Ohio State. All right, so they're better and all that good shit. But to shut them the fuck out? I will say this: I absolutely don't give a single fuck about this game. I will watch it, but I think Bama's going to win. But if Clemson wins, hey, I, I'm just sick of Bama. If and Alabama I'm, wins, it's only because he got out coached by Nick Saban, which is a high probability, very high. I mean, I'll say this: I think Bama's going to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson does. I mean, that's they made Ohio State look like a bunch of bitches. They made but Ohio State think, look like they weren't even there. I mean, Clemson's been that team this year. I'll give you that. They fucking just been dominant. But Bama's a machine. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, to me, this is Pey- Peyton Manning Broncos against the Pats. I mean, that's this game. It, you know, and then. Uh, it just I think Clemson with the chip and the in the drive and the meanness, I, I, I think they just have it. There's I think Nick Saban's coaching can only do so much. I think these players are revved and ready to fire. They have said and and you can research this guys, they have said this all season long. We want Bama. They were so focused on Ohio State, they didn't even know Alabama won their playoff game. There were players on the sideline that said who won? Yeah, but don't be surprised if just Bama takes that attitude of, all right, you want some Bama? Here you go. <laughs> and it can happen. It, 100%. I'm with Rich. I don't right care. Right up your ass. Right. And it, Gag it's on it. Squeeze some tears out, bitch. Gag on it. <laughs> all the Bama you can handle. <laughs> Rolling tide straight down your throat, bitch. Right. <laughs> but... I just I think with with the the burden and the chip that these seniors and everybody else has come with, uh no, I, I I just Nick Saban coaching can only do so much, and you can't out coach, you know, the drive that they have been playing with. Well, we will play. see when when is that game? Like two weeks from now? Like I remember when we were yeah. a kid, it was on New Year's Day. Like when is it now? February first? Oh, it's the <laughs> no, it's January. Yeah. It's Monday. How soon before they start buttoning it up against the Super Bowl for the ultimate cash grab? Oh, I don't think so. 
Because really, you only got to move it, what, a couple weeks? And then it's like the week before the Super Bowl? No. 50 years ago, maybe. But but no. NFL is... Uh, uh, NFL stands king over everything now at this point. And not not just that. You want the national championships where it's at in January because that's this money for this month. Next yep. month, you got the uh, Pro Bowl and then the Super Bowl. Man, does the Pro Bowl really bring in money? I mean, I guess the oh, players yeah. will go down there and spend all their money on stupid shit. Well, all the fans and experience they have and all the people they bring back and all the... But, man, as much as I love football, I will never pay money to go see the Pro Bowl. I fucking won't even watch it for free half the damn time. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why they started moving it around instead of just having it in Hawaii is because... They figured maybe if they moved it around, people would, <clears throat> people would like you know. Oh, it's in Orlando. Well, I'm in Daytona Beach. It's not that far of a drive. Hey, fuck it, let's go to the Pro Bowl. But to be honest with what? you, I don't know because if they price people out of out of, you know, they, they, they if the Pro Bowl is priced out of your average fans' ability to pay, then they're fucked. It, it they might as well have kept it in Hawaii because right, that's the only people who can afford to go. But it's not just the Pro Bowl game. It's about the week-long fan experience that comes with it. You don't actually have to go to the game. But you can watch the flag football they play, talk to all the former pros that they bring back, you know, do get all a, the fun shit. Get a lap dance next to, to Michael yeah. Irvin. Yeah. Michael Irvin and uh, uh, <laughs> Barry Sanders. And some of Orlando's finer clubs down at Church Street. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's the experience. Get, get thrown through a plate glass window at a bar by Charles Barkley. Yeah, Orlando's a great place to fucking have a gathering of a bunch of fucking athletes. <laughs> get a hooker with Warren Sapp. <laughs> and then not pay the bitch. <laughs> because Did Warren Sapp, bitch, that's why. Did that's he get the memo? One of the greatest sports stories ever. Didn't you get the memo? You pay a hooker to leave. It's what that's the whole point. How <laughs> the fuck? If she says, if if she goes, I'm gonna need an extra two hundred to go. You go. I'm Warren Sapp. Here's your extra two hundred. Have a nice day, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're Warren Sapp, the bus driver, then you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you are Warren Sapp, former fucking football player. Cough up the extra $200 so she keeps her mouth shut and doesn't yell sexual assault and send the bitch on her way. Yeah, but Warren Sapp, the former football player, is broke and filed. Well, yeah, I was saying, in true. his defense, I've heard Warren Sapp, the former football player, has not spent his money the greatest. No, no, no. Uh, but I don't think... Th I think that is a perfect place to end the show, right there. <laughs> Can't get any better than that. Warren Sapp, stiffing hookers at the Super Bowl. So thanks everybody who has listened, who's downloaded, who shares it. If you like it, tell somebody. We're slowly but surely, it's best month ever. Again, every month, just keeps going up. So more people are listening every month. At Sporty Podcast on Twitter, at Sporty underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email us, sporgy at christophermedia.net. And, uh, yeah, uh, go Lions. Sure, why not? I mean, <laughs> it's a playoff game. It's January football. We're talking I about got January pride. Football. I got yeah. pride. So we'll catch you guys next week. All right, later, guys. I will be here for every episode, picking every game, guys. Don't worry. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, are you going to pick the Lions in the offseason, too? Absolutely. You know?
If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.